Welcome to Talking Jets. My name's Ryan and I'll be your pilot tonight. I am joined alongside my co-pilots. I've got Greenbean and Matt O'Leary. Boys, how you doing tonight? Greenbean, I'm going to kick it to you first. Dude, one more week closer to the draft. I couldn't be happier. I'm getting more excited by the day, man. I love it. Matt, how you doing tonight? Good, man. I'm amped up. Like Greenbean said, it's almost April. And when April comes around, we know what that means. It's NFL draft time. Oh, I can't wait. We have a huge list of guests that are going to be hopping on the stream with us. We're going to be doing all three days of the NFL draft from start to finish. It is a grind for three days, but man, it is a lot of fun uh, to get everyone's reactions in real time as it happens. Really, really cool. Guys, if you're just popping in, make sure you hit that like button for every 25 likes we get on this uh, video. We'll pick a qualifier for our t-shirt giveaway at the end of this stream. And if you're hanging out with us after the stream has already aired, all you have to do is leave a comment down below and you'll be entered into next week's t-shirt giveaway. Ah, all right. With that out of the way, I want to get some of your thoughts on things that have happened over the course of the last week or so since we last had our panel. The big one being Tyreek Hill and the Jets offering two second round picks and a third round pick to possibly get Tyree Kill, and he wound up choosing the Miami Dolphins. Uh, so I want to get your thoughts on the whole situation, kind of what you thought about the player, what you thought about the picks we were giving up, and is there something maybe that we could be seeing down the pipeline here? Uh, Greenbean, I'll kick it to you first. Uh, well, you know, it's funny because I was listening to Just Jets today, and Matt touched on this in, in a good way, but... It's like, it was such a funny thing. It was so small, like so short of a period of time that everything just kind of went completely haywire. You know, it was like, uh, you know, uh, all of a sudden the Jets and the Dolphins out of nowhere. And then it was like, oh my God, the Jets, this really could be, this really could happen. And then all of a sudden it was, no, we're not getting them. A division rival is getting them. And that division rival already has, Jalen Waddell. So now we got why it went from bliss to the darkness in like a matter of moments. It seemed like I wasn't even awake for an hour. Uh, that all said, man, I it's not to say I wouldn't trade for Tyreek Hill. I, if I'm being honest, I wanted it. I, you know, I definitely wanted it to happen. Um, but I really do like having 35, 38. And 69. That is, think about that, man. After pick 10, the next pick would have been 101 picks later. So 101 picks with no New York Jets. Of course, we can trade and stuff like that, but that was the meat of our draft. And I think it's probably better that we pick three players, two of them premium picks rather than one Tyreek Hill, because, you know, it doesn't seem to ever work for us. But that was a tough one, man. Matt, what about you? How are you feeling on this? Yeah, I mean, like, it's not the end of the world. Obviously, they very much so seem to be on the active um, front for looking for a wide receiver one. So if someone like DK Metcalf, AJ Brown, uh, Debo Samuel become available, if their contract negotiations don't go well, then I would fully anticipate the Jets being all in on that. Um, but I like the idea from Joe Douglas because, one, you're going to land a – top three playmaker in the sport and not have to give up a first round pick that would have been insane um and i think just the ability to have that not only the deep threat but just the 
the speed. We know the quote. Green Bean said it a million times with Joe Douglas and speed and the pressure and bursting the pipes. And, well, Tyreek Hill is just that. So I'm not going to sit here and tell you that uh, and, and spin it to that it's a, it's a perfect thing, that everything's gravy. Uh, they're going to have to adjust here, whether it's take a receiver at 10 or find another uh, partner to trade with and acquire a number one receiver. But I think the thing that bugged me was the who comment when he was with Miami. The day. <laughs> like, I, was never going to the, I was never going to the Jets, which is bullshit because there was literally a deal in place. Uh, and we found out that Miami got in later. So it seemed like it was, hey, the Jets are offering this Miami. Do you want to get involved? And then he ended up going to Miami, which again, kind of sucks because Jalen Waddle and Tyreek Hill on the same team is going to be very difficult to cover, but I don't know. Joe Douglas, that's why he gets paid the big bucks. He's got to figure it out now. Well, did yeah, you hear what Joe Douglas said at the owners meeting about that guys? Did you hear it? I didn't hear. He said the best, the best way to take away elite receivers is getting to the quarterback. So there you go. That's true. the way. Absolutely true. I think they're definitely uh, looking D-end early on. Now, for me, when I heard Tyreek Hill, I was like, okay, this is weird. Like, he's from Miami. Agent's from Miami. Like, it's a ton of money that he's getting, and you're giving up a bunch of picks to get him. Like, it just, for me, it didn't feel like it all jived together, the whole, um, you know, I don't want to put too much emphasis on the character. I don't particularly like the guy, but I do think that, it, it didn't really fit the mold of what Joe Douglas was bringing in. Like they're always bringing in captains. They're always bringing in guys with good character. And it just, it didn't seem to fit. And I do think there was part of me that felt like it was to the chief's benefit for the jets to raise the price for Miami. It was to Tyreek Hill's benefit for the jets to raise the price for Miami. And it was to the jets benefit to raise the price for Miami as well. Um, now I do yeah. think the jets are interested for sure in getting a wide receiver. We've been talking about trading for a wide receiver all year. And I think this was one of those examples of them trying to go out and do just that. Now, the interesting thing for me on a few different aspects, the contract is massive four years, 120 million. While it doesn't say fully guaranteed, it pretty much is because 72 million was fully guaranteed at signing. The other 50 million is fully guaranteed as of the first day of the 2023 league year. So unless you're thinking Tyree kills going on a one year, $72 million deal, it's a fully guaranteed four year, $120 million contract. Uh, wow. Like I said, I, I, I did not think the Jets were going to be in play for this. And money-wise, I'm, I'm pretty happy we, we didn't go that route. But at the same time, there's other receivers I would definitely pony up the, the, the money for. I like DK Metcalf. I like Debo Samuel. I like A.J. Brown. You know, if, if Claypool shakes free, you won't have to assign him to, to a big contract yet. So there's a few other options that the Jets could go, potentially, in the future. But then there's also... The, the thought process of what the Jets were willing to give up. Like Matt said, I love that they weren't going to give up a first-round pick. That's really cool. Um, but it also kind of tells me, okay, the second or the 35th, the 38th, and the 69th picks, we're okay losing those picks for the right wide receiver, which to me tells me if we like a player in the first round, we're willing to give up those picks to go up and get the guy. Now, that doesn't mean you're giving up all three of them because Tyree kills an established player. I don't remember if he's 28 or 29 years old, but either way, I think there's a um, an established player, uh, proven player aspect to this where maybe we don't want to give up both those picks to move up. The other side of that is like Greenbean was saying, we wind up losing, you know, it's 100 picks from pick 10 to the next pick we would have had. 
And that's just a massive amount of players that you're missing out on. And when you look at the, you know, we're probably seeing three quarterbacks go in the first round, possibly four. That tells me that there's going to be some first round talent falling to pick 35 and to pick 38 and to, to give up on two first round picks on four year contracts. That's kind of how I'm looking at it would, would be a not the best move. And I understand it's not, you know, a hundred percent shot that you're getting a, a legit guy, but you're getting, you know, now four players that are considered first round picks, you know, in your first four picks. So I, I really like it a lot that we didn't give it up, but I do think we are going to target some other wide receivers uh, coming up here before the draft. And Robert Sala yesterday said when players become available, he thinks there's going to be more players become available before the draft. The Jets are going to be ready to swing and Joe Douglas is going to swing that bat. Yeah, I yep. do love that aspect of it too, right? Because I think Joe Douglas realizes it's time to get a little bit aggressive here. Because um, I, I mean, we could, we all love cap space and draft picks like everybody, but eventually you got to start um, getting some players in here and start winning some football games. And I think Douglas is realizing that. And just overall, I just like the aggressive play from him. And uh, I agree. I think the next few weeks are going to be interesting to see if he tries to target anybody else. Yeah, well, you know, some of us, uh, I won't mention any bearded names, but some of us were talking about before this offseason that Joe Douglas now has his coaching staff. He now has his quarterback. He's effectively inside the rookie quarterback window, and he spent the last two years, you know, cleaning up the dead cap from Mike McCagden, getting rid of the players that Mike McCagden invested in, whether it's draft picks or big contracts, Le'Veon Bell, all the way to Sam Darnold. This was the year that it looked like now with the landscape kind of clean and with the coaching staff that he picked and the quarterback that he picked, that more than likely he would be more aggressive. So this is the year that we get to use all the assets that Joe Douglas has created, you know, whether that be cap space or draft picks. And it looks to me, I mean, look, he went out in free agency. He nailed down that right guard spot. He brought back some key uh, free agents from our own roster. He went out there and got a safety. He got a vet cornerback. He got two tight ends because this offense wants to run 12 personnel. So it looks to me like he is being aggressive, uh, aggressive, but that comment that he made at the owner's meetings about being aggressive but not being reckless, I think that's exactly what we're seeing. And this is kind of what I expected going in. Or let me say not expected, but this is what I hoped. It looked to me like it made sense for this to be the year that he starts to open it up a little bit. And with the Amari Cooper, the Tyreek Hill, all those places where we find out Joe Douglas is sniffing around seems to be right in line with that. And this is why the last two years, everybody grumbling about six wins. It's like, let's let the guy, let's let the guy get this right. Let's let him actually get rid of the muck before we start putting our furniture down. Um, there's a lot of gross mold and shit on the floor. We got to, we got to get that out first and uh, makes total sense what he's doing right now. And I expect him to use every dollar of cap space if he can. Yeah, I definitely think this is the time to to start to really do that. And I one of the things I, I've been kind of harping on is we are not just seeing this free agent class come in. We are seeing this coaching staff and everyone else have a second year in the system. We're seeing everyone else, you know, this year we're coming in. We didn't have Carl Lawson last year. We didn't have LaMarcus Joyner last year. We didn't have Mekhi Becton last year. So along with everyone else we've added, we're also adding guys that could be the top of their craft uh, if everything's clicking the right way. I really like this. It's it's fascinating to me to see what winds up happening. Now, Robert Sala yesterday, uh, there were a few comments made 
talking about the uh, you know the owners meeting and whatnot, and the Jets possibly you know is there any type of uh, back and forth take off the gloves <laughs> fifth like <laughs> knuckle boxing or whatever they were talking about with the offensive line and defensive line at the top of the draft. Now it did look like Robert Sala was you know laughing it off. I don't think offensive line is going to be an option at four or ten. But Greenbean, did you hear the comment and uh, or do you know about the comment? And, and what do you think, based on what we've seen so far, do you think offensive lineman, defensive lineman is kind of where we're pulling in the beginning of this draft? Well, yeah, well, I think, I mean, look, we dance around all kinds of stuff. You know, it's like just to have fun in the offseason. You got to explore all kinds of different options. But I think most of us have been saying for months, we're going edge in the in the beginning of the draft. I mean, that's I mean, if we don't, it's because a certain scenario plays itself out. Like, let's say the top three edge rushers go off the board and then you're looking at, you know, a significant drop in talent and the other players in other positions are in a higher tier on their board, then obviously that can that can get in the way. But I mean, look, we've known that they're going to go edge. If they don't go line, defensive line and particularly the defensive end position, at the top of the draft, I'm going to be blown away, really. I mean, it just it makes perfect sense. That's what the draft is strong in. And again, as we dance around and look at all these different beautiful options, I think it's all going to come right back to what we said in the beginning, which is the Jets are going edge at four. Matt, what about you? What do you think of the comments that Salah made yesterday? Yeah, I thought it was funny, too, like kind of how he, he said we're going to get into a bare-knuckle uh, fight. And uh, I thought the Joe Douglas comments today really confirmed what green bean was saying, where they fully believe Makai Becton is going to come back and be an offensive tackle for them this year. So that, mm. I mean, that takes the, any idea of going offensive line at four. And to me that went out the window when you signed Lincoln Tomlinson, like completely different conversation before you signed Tomlinson to say, okay, we could take, Ikiakuanu or Evan Neal at four and go from there. But once you signed him and then once you got the comments today from Douglas, I think it tells you everything you need to know. They're going to take Kayvon Thibodeau. They're going to take uh, maybe Jermaine Johnson. But I would be at this point, I'd be stunned if it's anything other than edge at pick four. Yeah, it's, and that's really what we've all been saying, too. It's, we're strong in this draft with it. There's You can have your pick of the litter. There's a situation that could play out where Hutchinson winds up falling to the Jets. Like, let's say yeah, the Jags do go the offensive lineman, and they get their left guard to pair with their left tackle and their new shiny right guard. That's not unreasonable to think, considering the investment they just made in Trevor Lawrence and, and uh, you know Travis Etienne. Now you go to number two. It would shock anyone if Malik Willis went to number two with the Lions. Number three, what happens with the Texans? Do they go with an edge rusher? Do they go with Hamilton? I know a lot of people have kind of pegged them for Hamilton at number three. I mean, there's a real situation. The Jets could have their pick of the litter at number four. It's yep. fascinating to me. I'm telling you, that's what's going to happen. I'm telling you right now. Aiden Hutchinson is going to be sitting right there. We have three inept franchises in front of us. Uh, two of which have hired a coach uh, a year ago, already fired the coach. Both situations have legal ramifications and all kinds of, whether it be racism, sexism, uh, you know, it's, you know what I mean? Like we have slapdick organizations in front of us. They're going to make bad moves. 
And I also think that quarterbacks are in play. I think Aiden Hutchinson, Kayvon Thibodeau, Karloftis, JJ, they're all going to be sitting there and we're going to pick the wrong one. That's how it's going to go. No, no stop. do that to me. Don't stop do it, it to me. We're going to fucking take Trayvon Walker. That's what we're going to do. No, You'll see. I, no, if, everyone, if everyone's there, if everyone's there, I'm okay with not going Trayvon Walker. But I'm telling you, dude, Trayvon Walker's going to go a lot higher than nope. both you. No, Jabroni's nope. going to go. Oh, he's not. He's going to go. I don't see he's it. Gonna go, I, he's going to go in the top three. I don't get it, but I think he is going to go in the top oh, three. Oh, it's changed in the last two weeks. I got a nope. ton of hell from you guys like two weeks Trayvon ago. Trayvon Walker's going. Walker he's, at four. He's gonna, he might go no. top three. No, he's not. That's all baloney. Dude, his metrics are wild. And I think he's exactly the type of player Robert Sala likes. You got JFM type versatility uh, with like way higher metrics. His production is dog shit. He's not impressive, man. He's been playing defensive tackle. Yeah, I don't like him. He's a tweener. I don't don't, don't like it. I'm with Green Bean. He's kind of like... He's like he's perfect. He's the three four defensive end where you don't know if he should be playing yeah. the inside. Three four defensive end, perfect. You ever really? watched the matchup with him and Evan Neal? You ever watched that one? I haven't watched that one. They have like I think it's like uh 10, 12 reps against mm-hmm. each other. Yeah. That'll tell you all you need to know. You think so? <laughs> I don't okay. like him. Well, then maybe, now, maybe he goes I ahead of he... us. I still like Jermaine Johnson. A lot like look, I'd go that route. I still I like Trayvon Walker. I would go him. I would go Carl Loftus. I would go Thibodeau. Like I understand like all the edge rushers. Take whoever you like, whichever one it is. Don't care. We need an edge rusher. I don't know. Yeah, I'm telling Get you, Carl Loftus. That's my guy. He's my guy too. Him. He keeps falling though. I was gonna yep. say I, I saw him in the uh, I think it was the Kuiper mock that had him at thirty to the Chiefs. Uh, it's so dumb. There's no what? way, dude. You know what's I funny? I was uh, to go get him. I was bugging out on Karloftis last week, and then Blewett put out a video the other day on mm-hmm. Karloftis, like this guy shouldn't be sliding like he is. And I had a brief chat with him, and I said the thing I like most about Karloftis is his ability to process what's in front of him. He's got a, a nice repertoire of moves, and he can instantaneously identify what's going on and adjust his moves accordingly. Like, his processing speed is super fast. I mentioned that to Blue, and he's like, dude, I can't agree more. Like, the guy, he should not be outside of the conversation for the top three edge rushers. Like, look, I like Jermaine Johnson, and my top two are still Hutchinson and Thibodeau. But Karloftis is right there, and I tried to push him out. I did. I tried to push him away for other guys, and uh, I would be psyched if uh, Karloftis was the guy if Hutchinson and Tibbs were gone. Uh, Kevin Tag drops in with a super chat. He Because he's celebrating 15 months of membership, every month that you're a member of the Jets Talk 24-7 channel, you get a free super chat. So he says, cheers, guys. Finally made a live show, KT at four. So Kevin is on board with the edge rusher at four. Uh, we're right there with you. Mumtaz drops in with the super chat, says, I'm dreading KT at four. <laughs> there we go. See, we're getting right at Why? Uh, dreading KT at four. And this is why I know uh, that's what we would get. One guy with questions about effort, mental makeup, production, didn't do full combine, born to be a jet. Sorry to be negative here. I, there's there are some valid concerns about him disappearing in games. He's never had more than seven sacks in a season. 
I can understand some of that. I, I do, I do, uh, I don't want to say envy, but I do really like the way he talks about his pass rush moves and how he stacks moves throughout the course of a game and sets up the tackle to fail, if that makes sense. Like he's, he's going to hit you with speed around the outside, speed around the outside, speed around the outside, and then he's going to hit you with the counter. Then he's going to hit you with the power move. Then he, like, he has all these different moves that he's going to wind up utilizing throughout the course of a game to wear down that tackle. And it, it, you may not feel the impact of him initially, but over the course of the game, it's going to get significantly stronger when you need him to get at his best uh, later in the game. So I understand it. I I don't love the some of the things that happen with Thibodeau, like the you know the weird questioning and things like that. If they think he's way in a way the most talented player here, no problem at all. Make the pick. I just look. I like Walker. I like Johnson. I like Karloftis. I would be okay going any one of those guys. So I'm not going to like totally rip on Kayvon, but I don't know. Greenby, what are your thoughts on on Mumtaz's super chat here? I totally get it. And that's like, it goes right in line with the joke I made about Trayvon Walker. Like, look, the, the truth is, is that I do trust Joe Douglas. Like, again, I see an organization that is doing things the exact opposite of everything we've seen here forever. I just went over the Jets' first and second round picks in our history today. I started, why? I have no idea, but that's what I found myself doing, writing down how many of each position that we've taken uh, since fucking 1970 and all that kind of stuff. And it's just interesting to see how many of the players that we've taken never amounted to anything. Like, and I mean nothing. First round, second round, third round. Most of our picks never do anything. We saw Joe Douglas in his first draft with his coaching staff. It looked pretty damn good. Now, we don't know. You got to wait a few years, but it looked pretty damn good. And I think that their strength is player eval. Like, I think that they have good scouts. They have a good system. They were, you know, under Ozzie Newsome. Like, this is a tried and true methodology. So I think whoever they pick is going to more than likely be the right guy. We're talking edge. Like, that's a Sala, Ulbrich, Joe Douglas. We're, this is the line. That's what these guys live, eat, and sleep, you know? So I think they're going to pick the right guy. Uh, and if that is Thibodeau, then the then the character concerns aren't to be worried about, in my opinion, because they also place a premium on that. But I can't help agreeing with Mumtaz. I just have this ingrained fear. No matter which one we take, he's going to be the bum. You know what I mean? That's just I can't yeah. help it. There's there's four or five great edge rushers, and we have pick of the litter, and we're going to take the wrong one. We do that all the time, and I'm just I can't help but be afraid. And it's going to take a little while before I'm 100% confident in Joe Douglas and crew. Well, think about the the pick of the litters that we've had. I shouldn't say pick of the litters, but think about the, you know, we could have gone Becton, we could have gone Worfs. Worfs has played phenomenally well. We could have gone Mims, we could have gone Van Jefferson, we could have gone Claypool, we got Mims. Like, it, there there is a little ah. bit of that where it's like, ah, rats. Yeah. Like, really? We, totally. we, we flubbed it up? Like, I can understand it 100%. Matt, what about you? How are you feeling about Mumtaz here? Um, I don't agree. I love Mumtaz, but I don't agree with his super chat. Um, I I really agree. There was another one in here. I got ahead of ourselves here reading some of these super chats. And it was like one interview completely derailed the thought process on KT. This was someone who was the number one pick for months. From August till December was the consensus number one pick. And now the narrative that he might not even go in the top 10. It's just crazy. There's too much talent there. Yes. He likes a brick like branding and 
you know, promoting himself. It, it's that that's the 21st century athlete. Like we're going to have to get used to this. We're going to, or you're going to be the old man yelling at the cloud because more I, athletes. Oh, you stole league. it out of my mouth. I was just yeah. about to say old man yells at clouds. <laughs> Look, I, I'm trying not to do yeah, that. That's kind what of it's going to be. Well, that's, I'm trying to like I know, be but that's open to a lot of this to. stuff. I look, I get it. I a hundred percent understand it, but I don't think it's just one interview either. Like it, it was the, the Alabama comment. That's probably the one most people are talking about, but then there's also like, he brought up his brand three times over the course of a 15 minute interview with us. Or, you know, it's, it, there's just some like weird things that he kind of keeps doing. And it's like, it feels like there's enough smoke there to be concerned about. Uh, and for me, it's just, it's not so much that I dislike Thibodeau as much as I like a lot of the other edge rushers. So like why, potentially risk that like number four is a statement pick so i'm i'm with you green bean if we wind up taking thibodeau i do think he passed the character test for us and i do trust mm -hmm. our guys to, to make that decision because that's something they've been you know rock solid on this locker room is so much stronger i love seeing braxton barrios in zach wilson is good and zach wilson wearing braxton barrios is good like I love seeing those guys down in Florida. They're playing golf. They're just hanging out. Like this is the team chemistry that you haven't seen from the Jets since like 2009, 2010, when those guys really started having dinner together and they were like hanging out more. Like you need that. And that's part of the reason why drafting players and getting a, a core of young guys together is just so important. So Mumtaz, I, I understand the doom and gloom. I get it. But hopefully we are going to go beyond that. Uh, Mitt Flair. Drops in with the Super Chat, says, One random interview got everyone bugging on KT. If Hutchinson wasn't in this draft, KT would go number one. Hutchinson may not go number one. Mm -hmm. Or two. Maybe not three. Like, I, like I, I don't know if KT's necessarily the, you know, the number one talent in this draft. Like, there's a lot of people that would consider Hamilton, you know, regardless of what you think of the 40 time. Uh, and... You know, a few other players. There's offensive linemen. There's I've heard Sauce. Blewett thinks Sauce is the number two player in this draft overall. So, like, I think value of position is important, and KT plays the most valuable position on the defensive side of the ball. Um, but I don't know if he necessarily goes number one overall. Matt, do you think KT would go number one overall if Hutchinson was not in this draft? I think he should. I don't know if he would, but um, I think there's a lot of dumb organizations in front of us, like Green Bean said. Like, I, I am truly convinced that the top two is going to be number one in Hutchinson and then either Malik Willis or Trayvon Walker at number two. I think there's a lot of smoke to Trayvon going number two overall, which I don't get, but I love it because that means better players are falling. Green Bean, any thoughts on KT going number one overall if Hutchinson was not in this draft? I think what you just said is very important. Like fans think they know stuff. And the truth is, is that we know what they want us to know teams, um, you know, uh, trying to put things out who they like. Did you see the thing the other day? The jets are interested in sauce Gardner. If that actually came from the jets, in my opinion, it means we're not picking them like, you know, so it's all smoke and mirrors and all that shit. But I don't think it's such a lock that Aiden Hutchinson goes number one. And even out of the edge rushers, Thibodeau was the consensus number one uh, for months and months and months. Aiden Hutchinson had that one game where he got three sacks and called out the lineman and everybody went nuts. Very similar to the combine. Like nobody was talking about Sauce Gardner before. the. I mean, not nobody, but he definitely wasn't in. Uh, the daily conversation about four overall. He runs really fast at the combine, looks really great in the 
in the drills and all of a sudden people are obsessed with them. So, and, it, and it's not to say it's wrong. I'm just saying there's an ebb and flow to this every single year. It happens very similarly, obviously with different players, but it's the same stuff all the time. So I don't think it's a lock that Aiden Hutchinson goes first. Don't forget his comments. He said he really wants to play in a two point stance. He said he's best in a two point stance and he's most comfortable in a two point stance. Why is nobody freaking out about that? We're a we're a four down lineman team. We we put hands in the dirt. That's what we do. Aiden Hutchinson said he's a two point stance. So why aren't we freaking out that he's not made for us in the same way that we talk about Trayvon Walker or or Drake Jackson and all these other guys that we just wrote off because they're not a fit? What about Aiden Hutchinson? So I think there's just a lot there that we tend to overlook, and there's in the same breath. There's a lot there that we get stuck on, and I don't think any of it's necessarily accurate. Mutt Files drops in with a super chat. Mutt Files says, KT or Hutch at four, any other pass rusher at 10, then I would be okay going wide receiver or cornerback at four. Hold on, let me read this again. KT or Hutch at four, any other pass rusher at 10, then I would be okay going wide receiver or corner at four. So he just wants edge rusher at one of our top two picks whether it's KT or Hutch at four, maybe they're gone, and then he would go with one of the receivers or corners and then go edge at 10. And I, I think that's probably where we are. I think that's definitely um, sort of in the wheelhouse. Greenbean, any thoughts on Miles' comment here? Uh, let me see. Uh, Hutch at four, any other pass rusher at 10? No, I don't. I think, um, again, it's going to depend on where how they have them categorized right so but just speaking in a general sense i think if you wait until 10 so you know uh tibbs and hutch are gone and you're at four and then you're gonna wait six more picks until 10 i think if you don't have the next edge rusher in a completely different tier than these guys you got to take them because there's more there's a there's the potential that three or four of these guys can go i mean it's real People yeah. edge rusher is the premium position on the defense. This happens to be a very strong and deep uh, edge rusher class deep at the top. Like it's crazy that we have five to seven guys that people are legitimately thinking could be top 15 picks. So I wouldn't want to do that. I'm for me, it's edge rusher at four um, in most scenarios. So let me throw this at you because this is something I've been trying to think about. And it's it's in the same vein of, you know, the Jets having every single edge rusher at their disposal at four. Like, let's say the top three picks are not an edge rusher. Um, now, if you're sitting at four, do you go your top edge rusher? Or, I guess it depends on how they feel about the edge rushers. If there's like a clump that they like, because now you got to think, if we, let's say we go sauce at four. Now, five is probably offensive lineman to the Giants. I'd be surprised if it was any other decision. Six to the Panthers is either going to be offensive line or quarterback. I would be surprised in any other capacity. Number yeah. seven would be the next pick I see an edge rusher could go. I do think the Giants would take an edge rusher at seven in that circumstance. Totally. At number eight, I'm not entirely sure where the Falcons go. Like, I, I want to say wide receiver because they just have no one there, but I could also see them waiting till the second round as well. Like, it, it, I think they could be playing that value game uh, there, but I don't necessarily see edge rusher uh, for them at eight. Then you got the Seahawks, which you could potentially say, okay, they could use a corner. They could use, uh, you know, I don't know, an offensive tackle. I've seen them 
uh, sort of mocked as well, which means there's only really one edge rusher going before you potentially. But at least, you know, between five, six, seven, eight, nine, there's you would have to say five edge rushers are going to go before you at 10, right? Like, I, I think if there if you wind up in a situation where you have the pick of the litter at four, it might not be the worst case scenario to pass on the edge rusher at four. Take whoever you think is the best possible player. I mean, if it's an edge rusher, by all means do it. But because we have that 10 overall pick, it sort of creates an interesting dynamic here. Do you get what I'm saying, Green Bean? Like, yeah, how would you, totally. How, yeah, yeah, how would you, I know. I'm, I'm like, with what you. What do you think? Well, that's what, that's what I meant about if you have, you have players, let's say you have... Just as an example, you have Aquanu, Hamilton, and uh, and Sauce. And at the end of the top tier, you have similar to, let's say, Thibodeau and Hutchinson. So Thibodeau and Hutchinson are gone, and you're left with, and let's say one more of those guys is gone. So you got two more from that tier. You could use either one, and the next edge rusher is in an entirely different tier. That's when you entertain drafting the best overall player. That said, I think that after maybe the top two edge rushers, the rest are going to be at least that next chunk of the pack. Those guys with some of the other guys that I just mentioned are going to be in a similar tier. So that's when you would take the edge rusher and get off of that. And I hear what you're saying, what's likely from each team, but every single year teams go exactly the opposite of what everybody thought. A really good example is Panay Sewell. Uh, with the Cincinnati Bengals, Joe Burrow had his knee ripped off. We thought it was without question. There's no way they're not taking this best tackle in the whole draft. And they took Jamar Chase. It happens every year where teams don't give you what you think they're going to want to do because they're looking at value. I think the way you said it was maybe they'll play the value game. I think a lot of teams are going to do that because edge rusher is one of the hardest positions to fill. And it just so happens that we have a series of top 10 edge rushers. So I think you might be surprised uh, with what you see. And for me, it's not necessarily worth that risk. Again, unless the guys that are remaining from the edge rusher are in a significantly lower tier, like just not on the same level as sauce and Hamilton, who are next as an example, then you take sauce or Hamilton. You know what I mean? And wait. Yeah, absolutely. Scar cities. Uh, thank you for the super chat. Thank you for the super chat. Words are hard tonight. Uh, look, I have my concerns about KT, but if Salah and JD don't think he'll be a problem and take him, then I trust them. They know more than any of us. Yeah, I think we're all pretty much on the same wavelength. We trust mm. our scouting department. If anything, I trust Joe Douglas's um, eye for talent. Because even if you say that, you know, Becton has been kind of a bust of a pick, he's got the talent. If you say Mims has been a bust of a pick, he's got the talent. Like, I, I don't deny the talent evaluation part of it it's just can the player actually you know live up to it so i'm right there with you scars and i think a lot of us a lot of us are with you as well uh square-headed jets fan drops in with super chat says sounds like uh aj dk and debo are a hundred percent not available who would be realistic trading option uh for wide receiver i still think there's a realistic shot if malik willis doesn't go number two the steelers are coming all the way up to number four and we're going to get a haul of picks because we have these two first round picks and because of how deep this draft is at edge rusher we can still fill our need at our biggest need of a position uh and get a monster load of picks which could be used to then flip and get like you know higher into the second round or higher into the first round like i'm not opposed to trading out i do want to take 
both the fourth pick and the 10th pick and get blue chip players here. But I don't think Joe Douglas necessarily uh, has to feel the same way. Matt, this one goes over to you. What do you think about these three wide receivers? Do you think there's someone realistic that we could trade for? Yeah, well, while you're asking the question, I was trying to think of other potential options who could be available, and it's tough. And I think, you know, it's really all dependent on how negotiations go with AJ, DK, and Debo Samuel. And, like, I've heard that Brandon Cooks also isn't available, but, like, I'm just trying to read tea leaves here and think of guys who maybe are on the move. He would potentially be another one. But um, if you're unable to pry someone away, then – I think you kind of would just, at least to me, stay at 10 and take your favorite receiver there, I think would probably be your next best alternative if you're not able to uh, trade for a wide receiver one. Kim drops in with Super Chat. Thank you, Kim. Uh, Says, Thibodeau at four, Garrett Wilson or Hamilton at 10, or Sauce at four and Jermaine Johnson slash Hamilton at 10. Your thoughts? I'm not a fan of Walker or Drake London, Love from Switzerland, 2.30 a.m. over here. Oh, dude. <laughs> or, or not Amazing. dude, that. Wow. Dedication. Thank you so much for hanging out with us at 2.30 in the morning. Um, okay, so so interesting. Thibodeau at 4, Garrett Wilson or Hamilton at 10. I can understand edge rusher and wide receiver. Like, that, that makes a ton of sense for me when you're reading, like, okay, which positions do we need based on where we went in free agency? I think it makes a ton of sense. Uh, as far as Hamilton, I if we, I don't know. I, I could go Hamilton at 10 if he's there because I still like wide receiver in the second or trading up back into the first for a wide receiver. I'm good with either one. I don't particularly want to go receiver at 10. Um, if we went sauce at four and, you know, Jermaine Johnson at 10, I if you go sauce at four, you have to go edge rusher at 10. I, I said this when I did my Mel Kuyper mock breakdown where he had uh, Drake London and sauce in his draft i love both players would take either one but it has to be in conjunction with an edge rusher i'm not getting out of the top 10 without an edge rusher green bean your thoughts i feel the same way man um now again like you know if we do like if that whole scenario that i stumbled and bumbled through a few minutes ago if that if that happens and we have to take a different position let's say it's sauce uh at four you really do have to get an edge rusher at 10. And I think that puts a little bit more pressure too to reach a little bit for need, which I really hope the Jets don't get into. Now, if you got to reach a little bit, you know, guys rated 15 and, you know, something like that, that's fine. But when we start reaching and taking a player just because he's the last of the top edge rushers and you really don't love him, but you need to come out of the first with an edge, that's where I hope we don't go, and that's why I want to see him take one at four. I just want him to take the best edge rusher on their board at four and call it a day and then see how the rest of the draft falls to us. Um, but I could see a scenario where Sauce or Hamilton go at four, and if they do, I do happen to agree with you, although I don't like the scenario. I think like as much as I like some of the later-round edge rushers, and I do, I like Bonito, I obviously like Mafe. There's a there's a quite a few guys second to fourth round that I think are good, but they're second to fourth round, and I don't want that to be our big edge rusher injection this year. I want a friggin' premium edge rusher. You know what I'm saying? Hundred percent, Matt. Your thoughts on this? Yeah, I'm kind of with Green Bean there. Like, I would just I don't want to overcomplicate things. Take the best edge rusher on your board at four because that's what's going to impact this defense most. 
And like, I think the only way that you'd be able to sell me on Hamilton would be the take him at 10 and trade back up into the first round, then get a guy. Um, that's not my preferred option either, just because to me, I feel like the sweet spot for safety, right. Is right at the top of the second round, which is perfect for the jets. Um, so that's another one of the reasons why I'm not on that bandwagon, but, um, with the amount of capital they have, they have the flexibility to get up into the first round for a third time if need be. So uh, that's going to be something interesting to watch in the next couple of weeks here. Yeah, I would be surprised if we did not make three first round picks this year. I, I think we're definitely coming up uh, to make that pick. No, I don't uh, think so. I mean, I, so? I get I think I think like Matt said, I do see a scenario where they do that, but you're going to lose and we only have. Like we don't have sixths and sevenths, um, you know, unless they're going to start pulling stuff out of next year and all that. Like I would hate to lose some of these picks to jump up. Like I think at 35 and 38, there are going to be slam dunk candidates. And I think just, just wait, you know, just wait there, grab your two guys at four and 10 and do like everybody else does and wait, wait out the round and see who pops through. We're going to be able to grab two of them. We're going to have our net sitting there waiting for all the people to, just pop through the first round, scoop them up, and call it a day. I'd rather get two of them than one of them. So my thought process on this is I'm looking at the back end of the draft, and the Packers and Chiefs have both traded away elite weapons in Devontae Adams and Tyree Kill. I think there is a realistic shot that both those teams are going to wind up going wide receiver. And depending on how many receivers go just ahead of them, like maybe if, if Atlanta takes one, if maybe Philly takes one, Maybe the, you know, maybe the Bills see the writing on the wall and Diggs might be leaving. They take one. The Patriots possibly take one. Like, there's a lot of opportunities where, like, these receivers could go. And I don't think, I, I, Greenby, look, I want to make the picks, but I think there's situations where you can trade 35 and a third or 35 and a fourth and just Oof. come up just in front of the Chiefs and just in front of the Packers. Like, I, I think you could do that where you're not giving up all your picks, where you still have pick 38, or, or maybe you trade pick 38 and a third or 38 and a fourth. I'd hate to do it. Wait, up. so for, for who? Who is it that? I might have missed you say it, and it's, I apologize. I'm not, for, I'm not saying for a particular wide receiver, but I'm saying there could be a lot of wide receivers receiver. that could go at the end of that first round, like yeah. the Chiefs, like the Packers. Those are teams that you would want to hop in front of to try and get a receiver. And I'm okay giving up a pick a little bit later to go up a few more picks to get our guy. If they think Watson's not going to be there, if they think Pickens isn't going to be there, I'm okay with that. Like we were already, we already saw Joe Douglas offer up both seconds and a third to go get a receiver he wants. I think it's totally in the realm of possibility that he could give up less than that to go up and get a receiver he likes. But let me ask you: Do you think Joe Douglas wanted to trade 35, 38, and 69 for a wide receiver, or was it specifically that the unbelievable circumstance that Tyreek Hill was specifically? was available. Do you think that that means Joe Douglas is out there desperately trying to get a wide receiver? Or do you think like they've been saying, if they see a specific opportunity, that's rare that they're going to take their swing. Like, I think it's more the latter than the former, sure. but I do think there's probably a level of, um, I don't want to say panic, but there's a level of like, okay, we know we get to the draft and they're not trading DK. They're not trading Samuel. They're not trading AJ Brown. Now all of a sudden, okay, you got to go get your guy, but you understand that the maybe the top 10 is not where your guy is, especially if you wind up trading down from four. Now you got even more assets. Like 
by yeah. all means, yeah. like then you wind up going, you know, your edge rusher at 10, maybe at 20, you go Nicobe Dean or Zion Johnson to round out your offensive line. You trade McGovern for an extra pick or you cut him, save a little bit of extra cap space. And then you come back up for your receiver. Like there's a lot of different situations where I could see this happening. And I do think that Joe Douglas will go up and get back into the first, especially with those teams. If we don't go wide receiver at 10, I think we're coming back up into the first. That's that's kind of where I'm at on that. Uh, Jake yeah, drops in with the I super get it. chat. Jake says, you shouldn't want a player in the top 10 who seems like he needs to be motivated to play every down. I wouldn't touch KT. There's a top tier grinders. That's sort of where I'm at. And it's not that I don't think KT's a grinder, but I think there's a lot of other guys that might be more all in. Like it's like KT to me almost feels like the, uh, where Joe Doug, or not Joe Doug's, Robert Salas said something along the lines of, hey, these players are here because they want to be here. They want to play here. Like if Kayvon Thibodeau is so, you know, here about his brand, like is he going to be 100% focused on the game? He's going to be in the largest media market. He's going to grow his brand immensely. Is that something you could be concerned about when you have guys like uh, Trayvon Walker coming from a military background, probably has a pretty structured, you know, sound life. Um, Jermaine Johnson, well-spoken, seems like he's got his stuff together, leaves the SEC, uh. You know, there, there's, there's all these question marks about each one of these guys. Like, uh, Walker didn't have the production. Jermaine Johnson left the SEC to go to the ACC. Thibodeau has these, you know, maybe personality traits that you don't necessarily love. Uh, so, Matt, I'm going to throw it uh, towards your direction because I know you're definitely on the KT bandwagon as well. I don't want to say bandwagon, but KT, you, you definitely take KT. Um, are you concerned that maybe there's other grinders that you could get instead of KT? Um. No, I just I, I think you'd be taking a lesser player because you're afraid that uh, someone's looking out for their brand. Like, I don't I don't know. What are we what are we doing here? Like, I feel like if someone has an iPhone, they have to come off the board. Uh, we only are drafting players with flip phones and who are not on social media. I guess that's the plan for 2022. I don't know. I, I think we're just way overthinking. Funny. This. Yeah, I tell you what, though. Chat. Ooh, oh, that me. that new that new flip phone is impressive. You see that thing with the screen the folding, Matt? Right? Is that what that's, Matt's that's talking a flip about? Phone that I think is trendy. <laughs> yeah, I'm talking about the Motorola Razor, baby. Yeah, oh, the yeah. my phone you're talking I, I about. I want the right. envy. I want the slide, baby. I miss oh, the, the envy two or the envy three, whatever it was. The uh, slide Shavanshu drops in with the super cats. <laughs> drafting wrong players is my fear too. No Hamilton. I, I, I'm with Matt on this one. I think the value at safety is in the second round. Like in my ideal mind, I'm thinking edge rusher for wide receiver or corner at 10. And then I'm thinking wide receiver at 35, depending on if you went corner at 10, if not, then I'm going safety and linebacker. Like I'm okay with passing on cornerback sauce is really like the exception to the rule. Not like the play, not the position that I necessarily, uh, want to go. Uh, so I'm right there with you. Um, Shivanshu, I do think there's you know a little bit more to this. Chris Miser, Mazer, sorry, drops in the super chat says teams couldn't scheme only KT if we got him like they would attempt to in college. Look at our entire D line. KT, if KT is there, it's a no brainer to me. So the Jets definitely have an elite defensive line with Quinn and Williams, with JFM and Carl Lawson coming back. We are expecting him to be close to 100. percent even if he's 90%, this is a stacked defensive line. Greenbean, I'll throw this one towards you. Do you think KT coming into this defensive line will have more success because of the other players on it? 
Uh, well, I think, again, uh, we just watched these guys now, minus Carl Lawson. We watched these guys all year, and we were the 32nd-ranked run defense, and we didn't exactly blow the world up with sacks. So I don't know how good we really are. I mean, we have, like you said, I mean, looking at it, it looks stacked, but Rankins was disappointing. JFM disappeared. Remember that? He got the contract. We were all like, yay, and then he did nothing for like seven weeks. Remember that? It was like, where the hell did he go? So there's a lot of inconsistency on our defensive line. I think if they come on, like if, if Thibodeau came on this line, if Quinnen plays up to potential, if JFM is a beneficiary of moving inside and Carl Lawson comes back and he plays the whole year and he's anything near what we hoped he'd be, yes. It definitely helps, guys, uh, when there's more than one person on the defensive line to focus on. Then again, when you look at Aaron Donald, he don't give a shit who's on the line next to him. He dominates. You you try to throw three guys at Aaron Donald, and he gets a sack. And that's the kind of guy that I hope that we bring on our team. That's what we need. Somebody that it doesn't matter who's next to him, but it's always a help if if they have two or three guys that warrant double teams. Hello, Ryan. I can't hear you. Me neither. Sorry, I okay. burped and I muted right. my mic before. <laughs> I thought I got. I thought Sorry. I got kicked off again. I was no, like, "Oh shit, no, I'm done." No. This is this is that's a Ryan <laughs> mistake. Uh, Thomas M drops in with a super chat. Says, "Did you guys see Chris Simmons' top five receiver list? If so, what did you think?" Uh, so Sims receiver list. If you guys haven't seen it, it goes: Jamison Williams number one, Christian Watson number two, Alec Pierce number three, Traylon Burks. Uh, number four, Drake London, number five. So Garrett Wilson does not fall into this number uh, top five situation. And I, I don't agree with this list of players. I would say Jamison Williams, if healthy, is the number one receiver. I would agree with yeah. that. Christian Watson could be, you know, an elite option, but I think his production with a player like Trey Lance, who was drafted three overall last year, you know, there's questions there. Like, I don't think I would put him ahead of Garrett Wilson or Traylon Burks or Drake London at this point. I like him a lot, but it's all based on projection. Alex Pierce, love him, but sort of the same situation, like maybe lower level of competition. I don't know. Traylon Burks and Drake London are interesting because uh, London definitely was force-fed the ball. He was the focal point of that offense. And Traylon Burks, they kind of like manufactured a lot of touches for him, kind of like a Debo Samuel, which is, is fine, but it's, I think, a little deceiving. Like, Burks, for me, would be a little bit lower. Pierce would be a little bit lower. Watson would be a little bit lower. I would have London up higher. I would have Garrett Wilson up higher uh, for sure. So, Matt, I want to hear your thoughts on Sims' top five receivers. Yeah, he's a weird guy. His rankings are always, like, I don't know, out there. Um, I I don't agree with the list. I, I'm with you. Um, like – where is Alec Pierce expected to go? Is he, I haven't heard his name in a, in first round conversation ever. Um, I, I Garrett Wilson, Traylon Burks, uh, Jamison Williams, um, Drake London, and either Watson or, uh, Dotson would be my fifth receiver. I think. Greenbean, I want to hear your thoughts on this top five list as well. What are you thinking? I think, uh, I think it's, I, I mean, I, I think it's ridiculous. Um, you know, I like everybody up there. I hold Christian Watson and Alec Pierce clearly 
I mean, at best, bottom of the first, but I look at them as second round picks. Um, I think that uh, both of them, but particularly Watson, is going to have the learning curve in the NFL, I think. I, I think that um, he's going to have that rough rookie season. Now, maybe I'm wrong, but that's what I see. Uh, you know, talented. It's just, I don't know, man. Guys do well at the Combine. Again, I mean, we look at, you know, I like to watch full game tape. I like to see what they do. I like to see them blocking. You know, when talking about wide receivers, I like to see what they're doing on plays that they don't get the ball. And uh, it's not always it's not always what you want. And um, again, I just think, I mean, I like everybody on the list. I, I think Garrett Wilson not being up there is a little bit of a mistake. I mean, I, I think he's top two in this draft, maybe top three. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I, 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 my first thought is I always think they're going for shock value. Chris Sims doesn't necessarily do that. He tends to nail some stuff that's outside the box a little bit more than everybody else. So you got to at least respect the list, but I think this one's off. Ricky Cooch drops in with a super chat. Thank you. Ricky says green bean. Have you checked out Cordell Volson from Notre Dame or, uh, sorry, from North Dakota state watch. Uh, Got to watch TV with my wife tonight, but want to check in first. So, Greenbean, you'd know anything uh, about Volson? Um, no, I I have not. Let me let me look over. Hold on. No, I haven't done anything on him, Cordell Volson. Yeah, I'm sorry, sorry, buddy. I'd like to cut it up with you, Cordell Volson. Right. Nope, we're not. Yeah, we I feel we... I feel bad. Let me it's see right. here. I want to. I want to see where where if he's even if he if he's yeah. even on my lists. I make lists of guys, um, you know, that I need to check out too. I don't even remember his name. So sorry, buddy. I'll I'll check for you. I'll do it tonight. <laughs> Travis celebrates three months of membership. Thank you so much. You get a free super chat for each month that you are a member of the channel. Uh, he says, "Has any of you looked at South Dakota State running back Pierre Strong?" Round five or six, maybe bring him in, uh, bring him up on practice team. He looks like a beast. I haven't watched him. If there was a uh, running back that I would love to target, it's James Cook. Like, that's the guy that I'm kind of keeping my eye on because I love the the NFL lineage with his brother, and I do think he's a, an elite weapon out of the backfield as well, would complement Michael Carter really well. I'm not necessarily looking running back, but I'm thinking, you know, fourth, fifth round, if someone's there, I'm, I'm okay with it. So, Matt, I want to get your thoughts. What do you think about the running back position? Yeah, and unfortunately, guys, it's going to have to be the last one again because i got to write this post game coming up here. But um, I, I know. It sucks. I'm trying to do everything at once, and it's like, I don't know, not the best time for me right now. Um, but I agree. I'm looking running back in like the fourth or fifth round. Um, I don't know a ton about Pierre Strong, but I like Brian Robinson out of Alabama. I like the Cincinnati running back. Uh, I like Haskins. I think they should add a bigger body back to complement Michael Carter because I feel like Carter and Tevin Coleman, they're a little bit more of the, the speedster guys who can make you know catches out of the backfield and stuff like that. I think they need a good short yardage back, and um, that's what I would be looking for on day three in the draft. Matt, anything else you want to plug for our panel tonight? Thank you so much for uh, hanging out with us. Yeah, I love it. I can't wait uh, to be back. April is just going to be insane. Tons of draft content coming at you and uh, can't wait to continue to talk it up with you guys. I love it. Matt, 
Oh, do I have the thing? Oh, I did. I gotta. I gotta put the chicken on this side so I can eject your ass. Yeah, <laughs> that's yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's that's the graphic <laughs> I'm missing right now. All right, Matt. It's been fun. All right, see on you guys. To the 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 green bean and later, Matt. Experience. Bam. There he is. Green bean with a little heart. Um. Okay. Who are Aww. we up to now? Uh, we got Robbie. Robbie is celebrating uh, some membership time as well. Robbie celebrates 13 months of membership, so he gets a free super chat. Says KTF4 and find a way to draft sauce equals lock in Hill and Diggs. Going to be a big issue for the Jets. Got a lot of wide receivers in this division now. Top end guys, like top 10 receivers in Diggs and Hill. Creamy, what do you think about going KT and sauce? At 10, yeah, I mean, there could be a case for Sauce. I still maintain, I don't think the Jets need to use one of our nine picks on the cornerback position this year. It's just where I am. Next year, there'll be a guy that everybody's saying is the best cornerback in the world uh, coming out. If the guys that we have, if DJ Reed, Bryce Hall, Brandon Eccles, Michael Carter, Javelin Guidry, um, uh, Isaiah Dunn, if they don't work out or there's a weak cog, in there, we can absolutely use next year's first-round pick to ensure a cornerback. Uh, I think we put a lot of resources into the cornerback room these past two years, and uh, and I'd, I'd rather see our guys in year two rather than kind of upend what we did last year. Like we said, we took an entire year to develop these guys and get them through the system into the base defense and all that stuff. Let's let them run it back after an, uh, you know, an entire off season with the jets, with our doctors, with our nutritionists and medical staff. They know the playbook. They know what's going on. They know each other. Let's run it back. We added an $11 million of young 25 year old, but vet cornerback to the room. So now would I hate sauce at 10? No, I would not hate sauce at 10. I think he's absolutely a top 10 talent. That said, again, I would rather see us go another direction and just kind of push cornerback off of our board uh, for this year. So let's say sauce is sitting there at 10 and every wide receiver is still on the board. Which direction are you going? Oh, I'm going to go edge at four. Yeah, I don't love the wide receivers uh, in the first either, but I would choose wide receiver over cornerback for sure. But I don't, I don't know. Oh, I like, I still like Traylon Burks, man. He's, I mean, I'm still arguing with myself over Garrett Wilson uh, and Traylon Burks as my wide receiver one. I know he had a slow 40 tie. Everybody just dumped him on his ass because he ran four five five, um, and uh, and I don't, I don't look at it like that i liked his i liked his game tape i liked his production i liked his interview stuff you know things i've seen with him i like him as a person a player all those things and i think that he could be a really good asset he's not exactly what we have he's a little bit different than what we already have and i think Traylon burks would be fantastic that said i'm struck i would really try to trade back but i'm all about grabbing the best linebacker in the draft uh at 10 you know, I'm like, whoever our best linebacker is, if it's Devin Lloyd, fucking grab him. Bring your edge in, bring your linebacker in, and everything's changed. My real hope is that uh, Kyle Hamilton will slide to 10. It's not happening, but I, I would love that. And I think you, you know, as we say, run to the podium with Kyle Hamilton's name on the ticket. See, I, I would love Sauce at 10. I'm a, I just, I love the player. I think it's great. I understand, you know, corner not baby being as critical 
of a position. But I think in my mind, I'm looking at DJ Reed and I'm seeing him as cornerback one right now. But I'm also looking at Hall and seeing some of the reports, and it depends if you buy into it at all, that teams were throwing at him because he wasn't going to make an interception. He wasn't going to make that type of play on the ball. If that's the case, like, I'm sorry. I'd rather have him relegated to the third cornerback role, have him and DJ Reed after two years determine, okay, has Reed lived up to his contract? Perfect. Let's extend him and do that. Has Reed not lived up to the contract? Has Hall developed? Okay, let's extend Hall. And like that's sort of the direction I would go. I think Sauce is kind of outside of that discussion because he is such an... Uh, you know, a top-end talent as far as it goes, because you'd wind up having him for five years. Now, obviously, there's a few more things to, to go. Obviously, he has to hit. He's played college, not NFL. There's, there's a, a few things there for sure. Uh, John drops in the Super Chat, says, as yeah. long as we don't take an injured player, I trust JD. My preferences is pass rush at four, wide receiver at 10, next, either linebacker or cornerback, go Jets. Yeah, look, I think we're all on board. No injured players. I don't want to go that route at all. Um, like, Stingley, totally off my board. I don't care how good he was his freshman year. I'm not touching him. Uh, and I can understand if people maybe don't want to go uh, Jermaine. Uh, Jermaine. Yeah, Jermaine Williams. Yeah. Like, I, I get it. I no. understand that. I think injury prone is the one thing that should eliminate every player off our board. Like, even Ojibo, like, a little bit later. Yeah. It sucks, man. And look, and I can't, I can't express... Uh, enough how sad I am for these guys like they work their whole lives they're both gonna be just these two in particular you know Ojabo and uh, Williams dude they were going to be first round picks Jamison Williams was or um, was going to be the top wide receiver in the class most likely I mean it's very likely that he was going to be the first wide receiver and now they have to deal with this shit. That said, it's hard to pass on talent like that, but we need guys that are going to play. Now, if they're in the second round, if they're like, if now maybe not Ojabo because we're already going to get an edge rusher, but if we didn't get a wide receiver and Jameis, Jameson Williams is still sitting there, I feel like Jameson is wrong right now. Am I saying his name wrong all of a sudden? I just no, burnt right. myself James out. Williams. I know. I it, just, it I just had a, too. I was like, Jameson. I was like, that's the Crowder guy. <laughs> I was like, that's yeah, not but Williams I just in. had like, and I'm yeah, I Williamson, had like, I'm like, all these names <laughs> are like, whoosh, 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 yeah, I just had like sparks in the head. I'm frying out a little bit. Um, but yeah, I mean, if he's there in the second, even though you know that he's probably not going to play the first half of the season, you know, he's going to need time to come back and all that. Um, I think he might be hard to pass up in the second, definitely the third, but I know he's not making it there, but I definitely. Uh, would take him. He's going to be a first round pick, I, I think. And like like you were talking about, to one of those teams toward the end of the first round mm -hmm. that do want a wide receiver, I think that they have the luxury of being able to take him. Yeah, it's the, I, for me, there's this weird like argument where like, okay, if we're going to trade up a little bit and you think he's like the guy and he's the middle of the 20s and you think Corey, like if you're running 12 personnel, you got your two tight ends, you got your running back in Carter and you've got Corey Davis and Elijah Moore. Maybe Jamison Williams sitting for like, a month or two and then having him for the next four and a half years isn't like the worst decision but i, I look i want to avoid the injury wide receivers at this point because we don't have to go that route uh ibrima john drops in with super chat he says the jets have an insane road to the afc to deal with and with all the trades wilson adams hill etc the jets need to offer pick number 10 and a fourth for tj watt and bring his 20-plus sacks to New York, I would love that. I would give up number four for T.J. Watt, no questions asked. 
uh, unless he's saying pick 10 and the fourth. Like, I would not give up both first-round picks, both top 10 picks for him, because I think we can get a really good edge rusher, but I would absolutely give up the fourth overall pick for T.J. Watt. No questions asked. Uh, Greenman, would you give up mm. number four or 10 for T.J. Watt? Yeah, it wouldn't even be a question. He's already among the best, if not the best, rusher in the league. I mean, you know, he, and that's what you hope these draft picks are going to be. The only downside is the contract. He's already getting paid, so you all of a sudden have that big hit to the cap. Whether or not we can weather that, I mean, I don't know. But I say, yeah, I mean, without question, in my opinion, you you figure that one out and you bring TJ Watt in for four or ten. Uh, Kool-Aid drops in with Super Chat. Thank you, brother. Says, which Jets away game would you guys prefer going to? Vikings, Packers, or Browns? Also draft KT and Burks. Jet up. Keep up the good work, boys. Thanks so much. Uh, if I had to pick a game between the Vikings, the Packers, and the Browns, I would pick the Packers just because I really want to try and go to Lambeau Field. I have Lambeau no interest in going to Field. Cleveland, and I have no real interest in going to see the Vikings. Uh, it would definitely be the Packers for me. Yeah, well, let me tell you, the last time I went and watched a game in Cleveland, I got into a huge, huge brawl where I sadly had to beat up like 15 Brown fans, um, and then I got arrested. So I don't want to go back there for that. And then uh, the Viking Stadium is stunningly gorgeous. I was in Minneapolis uh, last year, and I got to check out their stadium. It's gorgeous, man. So I might want to see that, but I think I'm with you. Go into the frozen tundra of Lambeau Field. I mean, that's, you know, who? what football fan wouldn't want to at least spend one afternoon in that stadium? Yeah, maybe it depends on what time of year. Because if it's like December or January, oh, field, I still oh, do it. maybe I'll go a different route. We'll see. I still uh, do it. Uh, dude, I, I, I understand it. Uh, Shivanshu drops in with a super chat, says, Ryan, you scared everyone off KT for sauce. That's like, so I'm like trying to, so... Fun fact, I like going onto other football forums uh, without people knowing who I am. I try to, I want to try and diagnose my thought process without any kind of bias. And me saying, like, hey, I really like sauce, I'm worried about KT, I understand with the platform that I have, there's, you know, I'm going to skew opinions certain ways. And I, I don't want to do that because um, I'm trying to give my genuine thoughts on things and you know, there's, there's issues with that, but I do like, um, I like sauce and I have some concerns about KT Greenbit. Have you ever run into like those kind of, uh, thought processes? Well, yeah. I mean, we get stuck on all kinds of stuff. Um, you know, all year, there are players that I liked in the beginning that I don't like. There are players that I didn't like that I do like, and there are definitely bugaboos. Like we get bugaboos and sometimes it's even hard to, place you know how much i dislike a player for what's in front of me it's like i don't i know this shouldn't be exact you know this shouldn't be pushing me off the player so much but it is i have a bad feeling about this player now the sad thing is is that i've been right a lot ryan you know i mean i'm wrong a lot too obviously you know sure. but there are players that i absolutely loved that everybody said was dookie and 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 uh you know they end up slipping to the sixth or I don't know why they're slipping and they're so good and then you know they come into the NFL and they end up making good and then they're one of those late round steals that somebody gets and it's never us you know um so I like that stuff and um I don't know I think uh the best thing for me though is watching the other fans 
with their bugaboos like jet nation i like to watch all of our fan base like the the trends you know like what they like and what they don't and why mm-hmm. like a news connor news or, or connor news like rich to me puts, yeah rich to <laughs> me puts out a tweet that says, hey, keep an eye on these guys. Elijah Moore is friends with them, and he went to the same school as this guy, and the Jets know him from when they were together in San Francisco. There's nothing else to the tweet, and we haven't we haven't stopped talking about these three guys for a week. And it's just a funny thing. Like I like to identify and observe that kind of stuff. I have my own crazy, don't get me wrong, but that's really one of my favorite things to do all year, especially this time of year, is watch the trends of our fandom. Yeah, dude, I'm right there with you. I get messages all the time. I'm just like, what are you talking about? Right. Uh, Green Empire Lawn Care drops in the <laughs> chat says, how high can the Jets move up with two second round picks? So the Jets have picked 35 and 38. The values of those are 550 and 520, which gives you 1,000 and 23. No, it's 16, isn't it? 1,070, that would get you up to uh, between picks 15 and 14. So that means you could get up to the Philly pick where Joe Douglas has a little bit of uh, familiarity with that team. So eh, a potential, I don't want to give up both seconds to go up that high, but if there's a receiver you love and they're falling that far, by all means, it's such an important position. Go up and do it. Um, Who do I have? Mutt Viles. Mutt Viles drops in with a super chat. Mutt Viles says wide receiver one. What will JD do draft or trade? And who is it? I think he wants to trade. I do think we want a veteran in the room. I think there's so many young players on this offensive side of the ball that we're trying to trade for someone like a Cooper, like a Calvin Ridley, like a Tyree Kill. I think that is definitely where they're trying to go. If they're able to trade for Brown, Samuel, or DK, or Brandon Cooks, or something along those lines, I think they'll go that route over drafting a wide receiver high. Um but I do think we are going to take a wide receiver because Corey Davis is only on this team for maybe another year. Green bean, your thoughts? Yeah. You know, if Corey Davis doesn't come out and have a really solid year, like I'm talking, you know, 900 yards minimum kind of a thing. And he limits those drops, man. There were drops that were so key. Two of Zach's picks. Think about this. Two Mm -hmm. of Zach's picks, potentially three. There's another one you can argue, but at least two. Of Corey of Zach Wilson's interceptions were directly in the hands of Corey Davis. He dropped it or popped it up, and it gave you know. So when we look at these stats and shit, like that was a great pass, and it goes down as an interception for Zachy Poo. The drive is dead, all that kind of stuff. So Corey Davis really needs to to get it together. If he doesn't, he's gone after this year. It was a two-year experiment, and I think that we'll have the guys in in house to uh, to replace him. But uh, I'm hoping he is under contract for two more years, as we stated. Like he, we can get out of it after this year. If he has a really good year, let's say a thousand yards, and he's Zach, one of Zach's favorite targets, I could see them keeping him. It's not yeah, that much money. You know, your 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 hose your whole Zacky Poo comment made me think of Robert Sally yesterday <laughs> calling Mims Mimsy. <laughs> it made me laugh a little bit. Yeah, uh, but they love Bronx, Mims, man. Everybody going to brace themselves for Mims. I hope so, dude. If he can wind up being like a, a even at like a number two or three receiver, that saves us totally a ton. 
Uh, Boogie Down Bronx, Boogie Down Bronx drops in with super chat. Says, do you guys think the Jets will look uh, to drafting wide receiver Calvin Austin maybe in the second round? Or third round, he's super fast, good route runner. I'll be honest, I don't know about him, Boogie Down Bronx, so I can't really speak intelligently about it. There's a lot of receivers before I have gotten to him that I do really like. Like, I would take Pickens, I would take Watson, I would take Dotson, um, Pierce. Like, there, there's a lot of guys that I would prefer to go. I mean, but that's me without watching him. So I, I, I you know, I don't have the full story. Greenbee, do you know anything about Calvin Austin? Yeah, I like Calvin Austin. Did you guys see? I'm pretty sure it was Calvin Austin. I saw a tweet yesterday about the official 40 time. I'm pretty sure it's Calvin Austin. Um, he had an official 40 time of 4.32, which is lightning fast. But he had an unofficial time of 4.03. And they did this deconstruction of his 40 time, trying to say what the hell's the NFL doing with their official results. And he crosses the line. Like you look at the clock and you look at his foot, uh, head and chest. He is across the line at 4.03. If that happened, he's the fastest man in NFL history, but, and, and more than likely a first round pick, but he's uh four, three, two. He's right in the pack. He's going to be a third rounder. Uh, maybe a second rounder, but I really like him. Uh, he comes from a smaller program. Uh, so again, the, you know, he's more than likely going to have like a, a slow turnaround to, you know, to coming into the NFL. And that's one of the things that that's why you take guys with talent in the third, fourth, fifth round. It's because of that, because you know that they're not going to come in most likely and, and have that immediate impact. That's, that's who you want up top. It's not only about talent. It's about how pro ready they are. How ready are they to come in and contribute right now? Calvin Austin's probably going to be. Uh, I, he might be a second round pick. I view him as a third, but I think he's going to be a damn good third round pick. Taps any button drops in with super chat says I want Garrett Wilson. He's a true number one wide receiver. Only wide receiver I want right now. Uh, personally, I believe we have to go edge at four wide receiver at 10, unless we trade for either. Uh, Garrett Wilson to me looks like Odell Beckham jr. And I love it. I really like the talent that Odell brings to the team. Uh, brings the NFL in general. So if the Jets wind up going edge and Garrett Wilson, I'm not going to have any issue with that. Green Bean, your thoughts? Garrett Wilson? Yeah, like I said, I mean, I teeter with him being my favorite wide receiver in the class. I mean, I I tend to really like Traylon Burks. Again, I know he's kind of fallen off people's lists. <laughs> you know, he went from 10 overall arguments to being, I don't you know, he's in the second round and you don't even know if you want him. It's just a crazy, crazy, crazy world. Uh, I happen to like Traylon Burks, and I happen to like Garrett Wilson. Um, I think Garrett Wilson's precision, like surgical uh, route running, is is really something that that this regime likes. You know what, though? I I, I caught something at the combine. I actually talked to a couple uh, breakdown guys. I reached out to him and said, "Hey, check this out and take a look at what, and let me know what you think." And it was that. Garrett Wilson in all the drills, like in the gauntlet, he tends to jump when he doesn't need to jump, which is a scary thing for the NFL. It shows mm -hmm. it could allude to a lack of confidence. And when you leave your feet, what happens when you leave your feet unnecessarily? You lose the ability to do things with your feet. So I don't know how that's going to translate to the NFL, but it has to be worked out like he jumps in the air for regular catches. And that's a little bugaboo for me. It's, it wouldn't take him off my board or anything, but it's definitely something to keep an eye on. 
But I like Garrett Wilson. I think he's absolutely worthy of being the first wide receiver taken in the draft. Yeah, I would say I, I completely agree with you on that thought process. If you're jumping up in the air, you don't have the ability to cut and get away from guys. So it is a concern for sure. Uh, something to monitor, I think, at the very least. Uh, Alex drops in with a super chat, says anyone who doesn't want Thibodeau needs to watch some film. Unless he's a serious locker room cancer, he needs to be the pick. Um, I look, I really like a lot of the other edge rushers. I have no problem if they take the, if they make the pick at Thibodeau, because like I trust Salah to judge edge rushers. I trust Rob, uh, Joe Douglas to evaluate talent. I have no problem with Thibodeau at four, but I think there's a like plenty of other edge rushers that you could definitely go as well uh shivanshu drops in with a super chat let me find it real quick uh bam he says waited too long in wide receiver deep drafts in 2014 and 2020 and it backfired love watson but he's raw pickens is injury prone missed a ton of games in 2020 as well hmm I don't know enough about Pickens' injury history in 2020. I'd have to dive a little well, bit deeper into that. Yeah, I'll take a look. I'll take a look right now. I I have yeah, this look, all look written. Look up what the right. injury is too, because I think the ACL in the in the spring, I'm not concerned about. The guy tested well, so at least it tells me the metrics are there. I think he could have been one of the top receivers taken. I think if he wound up playing a full season at Georgia this year, there's something. Like there, there's an aspect for me for drafting guys with a chip on their shoulder. Pickens to me is the kind of violent receiver that wants to throw a block and lay some dude out and go catch a ball. Like, like that's the type of player I think he is. But if there's an injury concern overall, he probably has to come off our board. I think, I think that's probably right from what Shavanshu is saying. Yeah, he had a couple. He missed a few games in 2020 as well. But this, remember this, man, this brings back a very, very similar conversation that you and I had uh, in 2020. Who was my favorite receiver in that draft? Do you remember? 2020 in 2020? LaVisca Chenault. LaVisca motherfucking Chenault, right? That's my <laughs> guy. And what was the reason that I just said I just can't justify taking him as, you know, up top in the first? Mm -hmm. Second round, different story. But it yep. was all because of his injury history. Now, LaVisca Chenault has been pretty good uh, in the NFL. And I don't I don't know if he's been injured, but he's he's played at least most of his games. So the injury thing hasn't really taken root, if I remember correctly. So and look, Bryce Hall slipped to the fifth because everybody was afraid of what? His injury, his ankle. And he, he's the only player on our team that played all 17 games last year. So you never know with that stuff. I get what Lima Bean is saying here. Um, that it is a concern, man. It is a concern. That said, I might take George Pickens. I think I would take George Pickens. He's probably my secret little favorite receiver in the whole draft. He's dominating when he plays. Yep. Yeah, dude, I'm right there with you. Andrew Yale drops in with Super Chat, says, fellas, thought on later round running back offense is run first. I'm going to say it time and again. I have favorites each year and... James Cook, the brother of Dalvin Cook from Georgia, is my top running back uh, that I would like to target. Not necessarily the top running back overall, but like based on where I think I would prefer to take him, Cook is the guy I would look at. Greenman, you got a guy? I do. And I will also say 
that I think in my mock that's coming out soon is going to be fun. Um, but I like Isaiah Spiller. That's my guy. I also like Rashad White. Now, that said, I like Walker. I like Cook. I like um, Brees Hall. There's a few guys I like. I don't really love Algier. Um, but Isaiah Spiller's my guy and Rashad White. But I think you might be surprised with how early the Jets go running back in this draft. That would be fascinating to me because the, the second round, if you wind up going, let's say, maybe they go edge, wide receiver, safety, that second round pick, it could be linebacker, it could be running back. Like I could see them going a little bit higher than I would necessarily think, but uh, I would like to kind of wait a little bit on it. Uh, Chitty Took drops in with Super Chat, says, get KD, trade down, and get Christian Watson. I really like Christian Watson a lot. I would have no problem with that sort of situation. Mumtaz drops in, says, JD said that they pivoted to tight ends because wide receiver market was going crazy. Mentioned walkaway number. I do think one trade up would occur. I don't mind if we trade back one of the top two picks first. Yeah, especially if you move down from four and you get a haul of picks to slide back to 20. I'm a hundred percent moving back into the twenties. Like I would, I might even move back into like above twenty if I had to. Like if they think a receiver's falling that they love, and you just got, you know, the Steelers' first round pick for twenty twenty three. You got, you know, two, three, and another three next year. Like yeah, dude, I'm I'm a hundred percent moving back up to get a wide receiver. I do think that the wide receiver explosion as far as contract goes was a was a hindrance for us, and that's partly why we went tight end. But I do think tight end we needed a revamp. I also think that because we got CJ Uzma, I'm pretty sure McBride is probably going the tail end of the first round here. Um, Greenbean, any thoughts on the explosion of the wide receiver contracts and the Jets possibly looking to go wide receiver in the draft instead? Amen. It makes a whole boatload of sense now. But interestingly, we don't know if this is going to stick. This was Devontae Adams and Tariq Hill. Those guys have already made their bones in the NFL as both were or have been argued as the number one wide receiver threat in the entire NFL. Both of them have have had that said about them. Now, let's see. Well, then you got Christian Kirk, who got $21 million friggin' dollars. So who knows? But I don't know if this is going to stick, especially when Devontae Adams and or Tariq Hill disappoint the next year. This reminds me of the running back explosion a couple years ago when um, um, uh, Gurley. Gurley got a huge contract. Le'Veon Bell got a big one year, you know, a big contract, and he was holding out for, you know, they gave him $14 million. He said no. There was a few guys that got this big contract, and then what happened? A year later, Gurley's knee injury and his career was essentially not over, but, you know, he was a different shell of himself. So all those teams that considered paying a running back a lot of money, the whole NFL shut down on that. Now, I don't think it'll be the same with wide receiver, but I think there's something that could happen. This is a peak. I don't know if it's going to stick and stay that way. Louis V drops in with a super chat, says, say what you want about Sims, but he has a track record of amazing projections for college players. I have seen his projections for the quarterback position, and I know that he had uh, Mahomes up high. He had Zach Wilson up high. There were a few other drafts where he was like, okay, like dialed in to guys that were not the top dude. Um, so look, I, I value Sims opinion and I'm, I'm 
it's like you said, Green Bean earlier. I think there's there's something to like. Hey, maybe we should take a second look at these players. And look, based on the way Watson tested and some of these guys, it wouldn't shock me to see these players perform better. Like Michael Thomas, I think was a second or third round pick, and he's one of the best receivers probably in his own draft class. I don't know who else was in it, but you know, by and large, you can get really good players later on that could be better than the first round guys. So I think it's entirely possible uh, right there. Marcus Metcalf drops in with a super chat, says, KT reminds me of Clowney, all the talent and a low motor when Khalil Mack went four picks later with a high motor. Um, I I don't think KT has a low motor at all. I do think he has a high motor, but I think there's times where he disappears, and I don't know if that's a talent thing or if it's a, like, maybe he's tired or... I don't know. It's just, it's, it's a little weird that he kind of, like, disappears in some game tape. Uh, Greenbean, any thoughts on him possibly reminding you of Jadavian Clowney? I know he's compared himself to Jadavian Clowney. Yeah, but I don't think their games really mimic each other that much um, as far as their talent, uh, you know, like their skill sets. Uh, I know he has compared himself and he said he models himself after Jadavian Clowney, which made a lot of people scratch their heads. But at the collegiate level, Clowney was, a, you know, pretty good, pretty good guy to model after. Um, but obviously he's been a disappointment in the NFL, but only because he was picked number one. If Jadavion Clowney was picked later in the first, he's had a very consistent and very upper level career. He just never became that elite pass rusher. Very, very good against the run gets, you know, eight, nine, 10. I don't think he ever got 10. He's been like 9.5 twice yeah. or something like that. Um, but uh, I don't know. I, I I wouldn't worry too much about that. If we would have had Jadavion Clowney or that level of production, a uh, production exactly the same on our team the last ten years, we'd be wanting him in the Hall of Fame. Adam S drops in with his member super chat. Thank you for being a member for fifteen, for 15 months. Adam really means a lot. Uh, he says, no wide receiver at ten. Wide receiver late first after a trade or in the second. Adam, I'm totally on board with you there 100 percent uh braden bethwaite says check your gmail i sent you an interesting mock to look at i will pull it up real quick um let me see if i can throw it uh, let's see if i can get it really fast kenneth what are you doing what's Ken hold on kenneth stop spamming buddy Oh yeah, boot him if he's not doing well. Nah, uh, he's good. He's been here. I just want you to know, like that, we're I gonna have to time you out and shit. So don't do that. Uh, so let's see. Braden says Kayvon at five. What are we trading down with the Giants? That's ridiculous. That's right. Kayvon uh, at I mean, five, maybe, buddy. I would take. Oh, so Kayvon at five. That's probably a situation where we're like, hey, Giants, look, the Panthers are trying to come up for an offensive lineman. Take Give these. us your fourth round pick, your fifth round pick. You come up, get the offensive lineman. We'll slide back one pick, get the extra player that we like because of the senior bowl. We can get a guy later on. Uh, and then you wind up getting the edge rusher at five. I don't really have a problem with that. I don't know where you're going with the trade down sort of situation, but he has Devin Lloyd at 18, Drake London at 35, Devontae Wyatt at 36, Brees Hall 38. There's no way these guys are falling that far. Uh, Boye Moff at 49, Raymond the tackle from Central Michigan. Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't think it's super realistic there, Braden. Just my, uh, my quick thoughts on that. Uh, Chair Run drops in with Super Chat, says, I don't want... Uh, or don't want a short, speedy wide receiver. We have that in Elijah Moore. Zach's still working on his accuracy. 
and muscle like Burks could make some tough catches for him. I do think that personally, I would prefer the Jets to go after someone that does not fit the Berrios and Elijah Moore mold. Like I would like someone like a Drake London that has a massive catch radius. They were rumored to go after uh, Mike Williams from the Chargers, who has a similar profile. Um, so I, I, I'm in agreement here. I don't particularly want the short, speedy wide receiver unless he can really, you know, burn the top off of an uh, off a defense. Greenbean, what are your thoughts on wide receiver? Is there a particular style of receiver you're you're looking to go? Yeah, well, I'm a big fan of the six foot two and above, um, you know, high pointer kind of good blocker. Those are the receivers that I prefer, and I'd rather have the whole team like that. I'd rather have, you know, you know, two big outside receivers, two big tight ends, and maybe one slot type receiver. But the thing is, if you look at it like it's redundant to grab a guy that has a similar skill set to Elijah Moore. This offense is really predicated on precision, right? That's that's the whole thing that we keep hearing, um, really tight routes and all that. So if you have an Elijah Moore and another guy that can do that, why not have them getting open all day? I mean, if, if that's what they want to do, just have that really shifty kind of guy that, that knows how to lose the defender to get into the seam, catch the ball, and then can make guys miss and get down the field. I mean, if that's what they want to do, I wouldn't have a problem with it. It's going to be really telling, Ryan, because before Salah and those guys got here, every single receiver Joe Douglas brought in was 6'2 and above. Since they've been here, obviously, we use a second-round pick on uh, on Elijah Moore, so things are changing. So I'm just – I don't really know which direction they're going to go. I could see them going with like a Garrett Wilson or a Calvin Austin later and kind of mimicking that Elijah Moore because of the surgical-style route running that they that they bring – I know what they're saying. It makes it easier for Zach Wilson if you get a little bit bigger receiver, wider catch radius, and all that sort of stuff. That helps. But you know what else helps? Getting to where uh, Zach Wilson, you know, Zach Wilson getting to know, trust that you're going to be exactly where he wants you to be. That has its own benefit. Ricky Cooch drops in with the super chat for $1. Thank you so much. He drops in with another $1 super chat. So again, Ricky, thank you so much. Uh, I want to jump to this super chat real quick because I'm pretty sure Hugh Gardner, uh, my boy, is on a cruise ship right now, and he's dropping in a super chat. He says, Ryan, 680 viewers. You trade up in the mid to early 20s if Dean or Linderbaum are still there. Oh, man, dude. One, I hope you're enjoying your vacation because I'm pretty sure you're with Charlie and Brian right now. And second off, I love N'Kobe Dean, and I love Tyler Linderbaum. I don't think Linderbaum's getting past the... Ravens at 14 because they lost Bozeman. Hmm. So I do think that's where he's going to wind up going. Nicobe Dean, if he's there in the 20s, if we did not trade down to get him, I would have no problem trading up to get him. I really like him. I think he's a violent linebacker. Greenbean, your thoughts on Nicobe Dean? Yeah, you know, I'm not convinced that Dean would be there their target. I think it leans that way because of what we did with the two converted safeties last year. And if you look at Salah's history, he tends to want tweeners, you know, guys that are probably more likely to be good in coverage. We saw it with Sherwood and Nasraldine and all that. So, I mean, Lloyd seems like the better linebacker for me, but Dean might fit their mold. And I think, like I said, man, I happen to think that we're going edge linebacker that's what i think we're doing in this draft and i think a lot of people are going to be surprised 
Um, so if we ended up trading back up, let's say we went Edge and Hamilton, and then we traded back up to 23 or you know, whatever it is to get to get Dean, I would be ecstatic, man. I would really be happy with that. Linderbaum, I'd love Linderbaum. I don't think Linderbaum is on their radar. I just don't, he doesn't seem like their guy to me. He's light, he's not versatile. Um, as good as he is, he's just he's stuck. He's a 285-pound or 89-pound maybe center, and that's it. So if there's any you know any issues on the line, he doesn't offer anything like Vera Tucker, um, like like a lot of the other guys that we're bringing on. They can play multiple positions on the line. Look at Fant, he's going back and forth. Look at Edoga. Look at Connor McDermott. Um, all these guys that they bring on, and then even Lakin Tomlinson. While we're going to stick him on the left side. Uh, he can play right guard, too. He played it all through college. So, you know, anyway, I don't think Linderbaum's on their radar. If we decided to pick him, I'd be happy about it. But I don't know how that's going to work. Uh, Matt Dubois, I see your comment in the uh, live chat. You sent a super chat. We got a little bit of a backlog, so we're definitely getting into it. We're ripping through some super chats right now, so don't you worry, brother. We'll get to it. Uh, Dustin right. Keller drops in with the super chat, says, Starting the campaign to draft Michael Mayer 2023. Uh, I don't think I need the Halloween actor to be, you know, going after people uh, in our backfield. I have no idea who Michael Mayer is. Do you know who that is in 2023? No, I don't. I don't. Right. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, dude. Nicholas George, the king. Thank you so much for the super chat. Says if you were the uh, if you were in the stream yesterday, all we have to do is trade for Baker. Yeah, that's the dude that got bounced from the stream real quick last night. Uh, I was like, yeah, I'm not having that. Whoop. Oh, what happened? <laughs> he wanted you to trade for Baker oh, Mayfield? Like, trade for Baker. You know, Sam's not, or uh, Zach's not doing anything, all this stuff. I was like, I'm I'm not about that right yeah. now. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Thomas Cahill drops in with Super Chat, says, we absolutely must pick defensive tackle. Wyatt Winfrey or Davis can be later in the draft, but it is a must. I don't know if it is. Yeah, me neither. We just bring in at defensive tackle. We just got the uh, Solomon Thomas. Solomon Thomas, dude, I like that. That's a that's a great pickup for the New York Jets. Very solid. I agree. I mean, when you look at our defensive tackle, now granted, Sala wants to have that very healthy rotation, so I think we would warrant bringing in a, you know more than maybe some other teams. But look, man, we have Sheldon Rankins, Quinnen Williams, JFM, Solomon Thomas. Jonathan Marshall, Nathan Shepard, you know, and I still think we're going to bring Kyle Phillips back when he, when he realizes that nobody's going to give him more money or something. I think that that's what I think, but that's six guys right there for a two position rotation. That's three deep. So I don't know if it's really a need now, if they don't like, I mean, they just decided to bring Nathan Shepard back. So they must like him, you know? Yeah, for sure. So I don't know. Michael, Michael drops in with the super chat. Thank you, Michael. Much appreciated. Uh, DJ Sin says, Sauce, Jermaine Johnson, trade up 35 plus 36 and a future third to get Jameson Williams or London if he falls. Idea from Jets today fills all needs. Look, I love Sauce. I love Jermaine Johnson. Would absolutely endorse both those picks. And I think Jameson Williams is the best wide receiver in this draft class. Uh, if you yeah. want to give up 35, 69, I think is the pick, and a future third to come up, to get the receiver you covet, especially like I, I think the NFL doesn't, I don't, I think they're not afraid of the ACL. You saw Gallup and Godwin both get 60 million plus on their contracts. Um, it would not shock me for the jets to possibly go that route as well. Um, I do think Jameson Williams 
it's I have a little bit of a tough time going with it because of the injury for sure. Yeah. But um I think the talent is absolutely there. And Green Bean, I'm gonna let you say your thoughts and I'm gonna go take a leak. Gonna go take a leak. Uh let's see. So sauce Jermaine Johnson trade up. 35 and you mean 69 and a future third to get where i mean where do you want to get to use the you want to use two thirds and a second to jump into the fur i think that's rich i think that's pretty rich especially to go up there and grab an injured wide receiver uh now that said i agree with what ryan said which i believe jamison williams would have been the number one wide receiver taken in this draft class i think he's the closest thing to what we saw at the top of the last two years draft classes which is like the jerry judy's um, you know, the Jamar chases like the last two years draft class had those clear packs of guys up top. Last year it was Chase, Waddle, Devonta Smith, and the year before it was Judy, Lamb, Ruggs, and and all those guys. So um, I think Jalen Williams would have been the guy. That said, I'm not using three picks to get him. I, I don't know. Uh D join six is my Jack Daniels shirt, fella, right? He wants to make me uh, wants me to make a Jack Daniels and green bean stock shirt. We'll make millions, man. But uh, yeah, I don't know, man. Now trading up to get a wide receiver again, I don't think we're going to do that because I think thirty five is a prime real estate to get those guys. That's like panic, you know. To me, it just feels like panic. Like we have already taken two guys in the first, and we can't wait pick 35 which is this third pick in the fifth round we can't wait that long we have to give up our future assets to to kind of jump up i don't think there's anybody the the draft class isn't so good that you have to do that i think waiting 35 and having two picks in a three pick stretch is about as positive as you can get i think i'd wait travis drops in the super chat he says hoping i can make it to the broncos game uh, I'm assuming that is a home game. I don't actually know, but we'd love to see you there. I'm probably going to, I think we're going to do the home opener again. Green yeah, Bay, that's we'll do. We'll yeah, I, I think so. We'll coordinate it really good this year too. We'll make sure that we are where we say, you know what I mean? Like we're not going to yep. do the whole tour thing, right? Mm -hmm. We'll be somewhere. We'll, right. We'll get, we'll see if it's Gotham city, if it's jet nation, if we make our own thing. Either way, we're going to all go there. I think opening day is a pretty good bet. Uh, I'm in Virginia now, so I can come back up. Like I was in Virginia last year when we did it, so it wasn't that difficult for me to get there as opposed to being in, you know, Sedona or something like that, Yellowstone. So, but yeah, it's a great time. I, I hope that everybody can come hang with us and we'll make sure that it's more defined this year. Chris drops in, says, uh, he's celebrated 13 months of membership. Thank you so much. You get your free super chat for being a member of the channel. Says, what is your worst case scenario in the first, second round? As far as players we didn't get, um, especially the ones you really want. My worst case scenario right now, Hamilton at four. Ah, is it Hamilton or is it off? It's probably Hamilton at four. It's probably like, Linderbaum at 10 like I, I don't love going yeah, that right that, like like it's it's players I don't hate but I don't want to see us go that route and then it maybe it's like a running back in the second round at 35 and then a wide receiver at 30 like like there's there's a few players it's hard to kind of hammer that one down what about you Greenbean? 
Um, what did you first? Yeah, worst case would be very similar to what you said. Like, let's say we drafted like Jordan Davis at ten, and then Tyler Lind. I'm sorry, at four, and then Tyler Linderbaum at ten. It's not that I don't like the players, and I wouldn't be devastated. Like there were years in the past when I was like, "Why in the world did you take that player?" I wouldn't feel like that. But that would be one of my worst case scenarios. Or like we, you know, we trade back like what Parcells did to us in 1998. We had the number one overall pick. Orlando Pace was sitting right there, the, uh, just a truly generational left tackle. We traded back, got a third and a fifth, and then we took James Farrier. And then we got Diedrich Ward. So we got Diedrich Ward and James Farrier instead of Orlando Pace. That's the kind of shit I don't want to see. Smart. Like Joe Douglas said in his in his interview at the owners meetings, he said, we have a real opportunity. We have four top 40 picks. If we get this right, it can be monumental for us. I agree. Jose drops in a super chat, says, I want Jameson Williams at 10. Let's get the talent. Look, if they are not afraid of the ACL and they think Williams is the guy, I think he's the top wide receiver. Greenbean, I know you've said you think he might be the top wide receiver there. I think if they're not afraid of it, no problems uh, there. But I just the injury concerns me enough where I wouldn't take him at 10. Uh, Daniel drops in with Super Chat says, I want Sauce, Edge, and Wilson. Can we do it? Um, probably not. I, I do think that the Jets would have to go sauce at four. I don't think he makes it to 10. Um, and then I would say as far as, uh, oh, our brother Sack Exchange dropped in. Brother, I'll get to your super chat. What's up? Second, I'll, I'm going to jump ahead because Sack is a good friggin' dude. Not that all you other guys aren't good dudes, but Sack, Sack helped me uh, out that's yesterday. That's what I heard. I'm going to help Sack out today as well. So give me just a second, dude. I'll get to it in just a second. Uh, sauce, Edge, and Wilson. I think you can get sauce and Wilson plus an edge that isn't a top edge. Sure. I think you could you could go that route uh for sure. All right, where's where's sauce? Let me let me let me get ah bam, let me get Sack's super chat up there real quick. He says, What's super up, brother Ryan? Loved having you in the Jets Lounge. Tents are ordered for inaugural Jets Lounge tailgate. Just getting started, guys. You tailgate with us, uh, your fam. Dude, Sack Exchange, I am sure we yeah. will see you. We, we loved seeing you, the home opener this year. We're absolutely going to see you uh, this year as well. Now, if you guys have not hung out on Twitter in any of the Jet Lounges, they are so much fun. I was jumping in one yesterday. It had Connie, the scout for the Jets, and uh, T. Rich. Great questions. Tons of people wind up jumping into it. Like, highly suggest you going over to the Jets Lounge on Twitter and checking it out. Sack does a great job over there with all their guys. Um, let's see. I do have, I think Michael Dubois, you're up next. Let me see. Yes. Yes. Okay. Bam. Michael Dubois says, what tight ends do you guys like in rounds four through six? Other than Jelani Woods, I think we draft another one to develop behind Yuzma and Conklin. Gronklin. <laughs> um, look, I, if there's an, if there's a tight end, I would prefer to go a little bit later. Charlie Kolar is kind of my guy. I like the... The captain moniker, I think he's got all the talent in the world. I really like him a lot. Um, Greenman, is there a, a tight end you're particularly looking at potentially in the four to six range? Four to six? Yeah, man. There's uh, I like Ferguson a lot. I think he might go a little earlier than that, but I, I don't I don't know, man. I think we get 
we kind of get all horned up for these guys. But I think Ferguson could be there in the fourth, and I would love him. I like Dolchich or Dolchik, and I also like Jermaine. Um, uh, no, Jelani Woods. I like him. Did you guys see uh, Ron Middleton running the tight end drills at the UVA oh, Pro Day? Loved Woo! It, loved it. Loved it. That's so cool. And uh, and look, I wish I knew, Ryan. I'm literally 15 minutes from there. Where I sit right now, I'm 15 minutes from where they were doing that. Not that they'd let me in, but I could have hung out outside and got Ron Middleton. That could have been an easy grab. You know what oh, I mean? Absolutely. What's up, man? I wish absolutely. I knew. Um, yeah, but, uh, yeah, I like Jelani Woods. I actually, I actually like quite a few of the tight ends. I like Kate Otten. I like Kolar. I like Lucas Krull. So if I had my choice of like fourth round, um, tight ends, I might want Ferguson if he made it there. I think that would be the guy I grabbed and they used him a lot in the senior bowl and he played perfectly. And I think that they like him. So I think that will be a really good get, uh, for us in the fourth. Uh, Dylan Grace says, I think I missed his super. Oh, I definitely missed your super chat, Dylan. Hold on. Give me just a second. Let me find it. And I will. Get I think you me. missed my super I, chat. hundred percent did. I am so sorry. Um, and I miss, uh, did I, oh, and I miss, did I miss? Oh man. I missed disregard Papa too. So, okay. Let me, let me rip through those real quick. Sorry, man. I can't believe I did that. I'm usually pretty good at this whole thing. Uh, Michael Dubois, Dylan, sorry. Oh man. I can't believe I did that. You missed 44 super chats. I'm just, I'm a bad person. <laughs> That's what it is. I'm like, I wind up yeah. talking and, and hanging out and I screw this all up. That's okay. all right. You see, you know what I did last night, Ryan, while you figure it out, we had on the Monday night mock, we had two different Sims going. I had the PFF Sim and then I had the traditional PFN sim, and we were going back and forth and running two drafts. I just, in the PFN sim, I just pulled off, well, not just me, but we just pulled off a trade with the Carolina Panthers in the second to go from 35th to like 100 and something. We got next year's first. It was like we were really being aggressive and having fun, and then I did that thing on Max where you put two fingers on the, no. on the trackpad, and it yep. goes back. Yep. I just yep, took it yep. off. I, I, I grabbed my wife. I'm like, you have to take that off. But I, I completely <laughs> cleared the mock. <laughs> All right. Uh, Real quick. Okay. Matt Robbins says, Wilson and Braxton bromance. Hashtag Brady Edelman. I hope so, dude. I absolutely love it. Dylan, your super chat, I'm really sorry, says, is there an unconventional or unexpected draft you would be happy with? What would you have to be scratching your or uh, What would have you scratching your head but saying, okay, JD, I see it. It would be Hamilton and Linderbaum. That like I love both players, but I don't love the selection. That would be my like, huh? Like I think edge rusher should be a pick, and I think wide receiver should be a pick. And if we went those two, I'd be like, huh? <laughs> like, huh? What about you, Greenbean? You know what? If we decided to go with like the tackle, you know, like if we went Icky at four. And like uh, wide receiver at 10, like that is the exact opposite of what I'm hoping to see. But I would go, okay, like they're committing to something. They're making sure this offensive line, like I would do exactly that. Like I would justify it. I go, okay, they're just no at all costs. They're, they're making sure Zach has every available resource to succeed. And then I would quickly buy in. That's what I think. 
Uh, Disregard Papa drops in with the super chat. Sorry for waiting so long on this one. I apologize. Says, thoughts on London compared to the other wide receivers in the draft. London, if he winds up running fast at his pro day, it's coming up. I absolutely think he could be an elite wide receiver in this class. If he winds up running like a 4-5-5 or below, this is like scary good for that type of wide receiver. And I do think he would be worthy of the number 10 overall pick. I think he's worthy of the number 10 overall pick anyway. Um, But is there another wide receiver? uh, Thoughts on London compared to other wide receivers in this draft? I think London provides a particular uh, type of skill set that other receivers in this draft don't have really. That's my thought on that. Uh, Greenbean, your thoughts. Uh, well, again, like, just like you said, I mean, Watson is, uh, I mean, sorry. Um, uh, London is a big bodied wide receiver and, uh, you know, he has that, that kind of, that skill set that, you know, obviously a high pointer he's, he's, you know, he's tough to bring down and all that sort of stuff. But we have that with Corey Davis and Denzel Mims. You know what fans wrote him off, but I'm not so sure the coaching staff did. But like bringing on another one, while that's how I look at it, I think that they might want to try to attract a skill set that they don't have yet, um, or at least some sort of hybrid between the big-bodied guy and the little shifty guy. Like we have Berrios and Elijah Moore. We have Corey Davis and Denzel Mims. So I think somebody to kind of be an intermediary between there. And that's kind of where I see, you know, I know Watson is is sort of Elijah Moore-esque, but I see him like in that middle, in that like a little bit in that middle tier. And that's why I would classify London and like you're you're definitely going big bodied wide receiver when you grab him. 100%. Olave would fit that middle. Yeah, sorry. Olave oh, was yeah. what I was thinking oh, of. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, I get where you're going. Dom C, yeah. what's up, brother? He says, Pickens, 92 catches at the University of Georgia. More than half were in 2019. Dominant as a freshman. Hindered after that. Very similar to Derek Stingley Jr. Just saying. Uh, that's Dom's boy. I, look, I get <laughs> it. But So, Dom, here's where my, my difference is. Stingley is considered a top end first round pick where Pickens is considered a second round pick. I'm willing to roll the dice on the elite nature of a second round pick. If Stingley's there in the second round, sure, by all means, go after him. No problems, no questions asked. I think the talent outweighs the injury concern. Um, I did not know Pickens had half his catches in 2019. That is something to look into for sure. It is. Dude, that surprises me. I didn't know that. I did. Yeah, last year was right. He missed eleven games. You know, yeah. I mean, I I lo- I like Pickens' game. He's got a good point. I mean, it's definitely a good point. I think um, the thing with Stingley, just like you said, is that we're talking about his talent is rising him to the argument that he's the number one cornerback in the draft. George Pickens, they're not talking like that. Like I wouldn't take George Pickens because of that reason in the in the first round. Like I'm looking at George Pickens as a second round pick, and I think. Because of that, there's a difference in the two players. But yeah, Dom's going to take every little sneaky avenue to try to remind us that Stingley's a stud. He loves himself some Stingley. Dude, Domsey's <laughs> a legit dude. Domsey knows his breakdowns. Yeah. If you haven't checked out Domsey's breakdowns on Green Bean's website, you should definitely check him out. Domsey's a good dude. Uh, Matt yeah. Zizzleman drops him in the super chat, says, Sorry, just started tuning in. Would you rather trade both seconds or number 10 for AJ Brown or DK? I would trade number 10 
for an elite wide receiver if they were going to plan on taking a receiver at number 10. If the thought was we're not taking a receiver at number 10, I don't want to trade that pick for another wide receiver. Though I I do think DK and AJ Brown are worthy of it, so I understand that. But I would trade both seconds for either of these players if the trade would be accepted before I trade number 10 for one of them, if that makes sense. I, I don't know if it does. Uh, Greenbean, your thoughts. Well, if you just look at the value, right? Like uh, number 10 is 1,335 and 38 are 1,100. So there's a differential there of 200 points, which is, uh, where is it? It's like, you know, that's a third round pick, number, n- number 78. So that has to be considered. That said, you're getting two still premier players at 35 and 38. So there's that argument. At the same time, Neither of those guys are going to be top 10 players. So I that's an interesting question, and I would probably change my opinion often on it. But I think when if I had to make the decision, I think I'm keeping 10 and I would I would push 35 and 38 out as opposed to the other way around. Edward Ziff drops in with super chat, says Greenbean, please do not uh, do a trade mock. Get 10. Well, hold on. What the, hold on. Greenbean, please do trade mock. Get 10 second round picks. If you could get 10 second round picks, I don't know how yeah. you do that. But yeah, dude, that would be absolutely incredible. <laughs> Greenbean, I don't know how you do that, but uh, uh-huh. maybe that should be your next 10 o'clock mock. Well, I'm going to do uh, the last two years. I did videos where I did what if, which is um, uh, accepting every trade that's presented. Like you accept every, if there's more than one, you know, sent to you at one at, you know, at the same time, you just pick one of them. But what he, what he's talking about, if you accept all these trades, you can just compile second round picks. Now, do you want to compile second round picks for this year? And I mean, it's going to be hard to get all those seconds, you know, but yeah, that's fun. And then you just take 10 players in the second. Why not? (laughs) <laughs> marty thompson aussie jet thank you so much for becoming a member of the channel members of the channel i want you to drop some j-e-t-s in the chat because we got some great emojis on the channel if you guys haven't checked out the emojis that we have i have a lot of fun throughout the season like i did an f the pats emoji thing i change them all the time so the emojis you see right now are not what you get during the season it's all sorts of scrambled around, and we have a lot of fun. So, Marty, thank you so much for joining the membership tier again. Means a hell of a lot. Nicholas, George the King, says, just trade for Baker. Uh, okay, if mm-hmm. you know... Oh, God, acronyms. I-F-K-Y-K. If you know, you know. If you know, you know, because he were here yesterday. Oh, man, there you go. See, I'm figuring out my context clues right now. Really like that. Uh, Fat Gandalf drops in with a super chat, says, Bean, you're close. We're going edge, edge. Thibodeau Johnson, who did both edge and linebacker drills at the combine. Wow. Okay. So if you went, man, that means they probably don't believe that Lawson is going to be the guy right now. I don't think that's the case. I think they believe in Lawson. I think we go edge with one of the top two. I don't think we double dip that high. Greenbean, your thoughts. Edge, edge. I'll tell you what. That would also be like the question before what, you know, what happened that was outside of the normal, but you would be like, okay, if we decided just to go like Thibodeau Karloftis or like he said, Tibbs and Jermaine Johnson, 
while I would be like, wow, I would never expect it. I would applaud it. Like we are going to kill people. We're making sure our pass rush is, is done right. And then in the second round, they grab a tackle and a guard. Like we're not, we're not playing games anymore. We're going to own the trenches. I would applaud it. I'm not rooting for it. I wouldn't do it, but I, ex- I wouldn't exactly uh, argue with the logic. Um, let's see who we got up next. Next one is John. John drops in with the $2 stoop chat. Thank you, John. Says, just reviewed the 2016 draft, 15 legit players in it. Uh, I don't know if that's the entire thing, but let me pull up the draft right now. It went Goff, Wentz, Bosa, Ezekiel Elliott, Jalen Ramsey, Ronnie Stanley, DeForest Buckner. Then at 13, you had Laramie Tunsil. That was the the, uh, gas mask fiasco. Keanu Neal, the safety from the Falcons that went to the Cowboys this past year. Ryan Kelly, the safety, uh, the center from Alabama. Ryan Clark, or sorry, Kenny Clark, defensive tackle, Green Bay. Jalen Smith, linebacker, uh, to the Cowboys. Chris Jones, Xavier Howard, Derrick Henry, Michael Thomas. That look, that's a beefy draft. There's some really good guys. The top sixty-nine guys. There's like a handful of dudes that were the first seven picks were all like Pro Bowl caliber dudes. Um, and you hope that's where the Jets wind up going this year for sure. Uh, Jets NY102 drops in with hey. Dean to cover the screen. It's that simple. I love Nicobe Dean. If you go back and look at the postseason uh, like, video that we all did on uh, Richie's channel over on Jets Media, I love Nicobe Dean. I've been like hyping Nicobe Dean for the longest time. He's he's probably my second favorite player. I would say Sauce is my favorite. Nicobe Dean's my second favorite. And it's just because I have certain players that I fall in love with each year. It's not that I think they are worthy of a, uh, a top 10 pick or anything like that. But if we went Sauce and we went uh, Nicobe Dean, I, well, I shouldn't say that because I don't want that. I do think Edge Rusher should be one of our top two picks. But I do think that I love both those players. And I, if we came away with both of them, or one of them, totally excited. Uh, no questions asked there. B. Trav drops in with the $10 Super Chat. Thank you, dude. I apologize. I have no idea where that Super Chat is. And if you meant to have a comment with it, I don't know where it is. So I apologize about that. Um, Matt Robbins. Matt Robbins drops in with Super Chat. Says, thoughts on Drake London hashtag Nikhil Harry. Ooh, man, that's like a kick in the balls because Nikhil, Nikhil Harry, Harry I thought was going to be really good. Me and too. Similar to Drake London. That scares me. Like that's part of me feels like when you're looking at receiver, there's so much value at the back end of the first or the top of the second that I don't want to go top 10. I really don't. Greenbean, what are your thoughts on like the top 10 versus going a little bit later at receiver? Well, that's kind of what I've been saying uh, for a long time. I don't see the top 10 receiver in this draft class. Again, if they if they do and they decide just to grab the top receiver on their board, I'm fine with it. But I don't think that the receivers, I think it's a like a, a deeper kind of lumped together um, draft class wide receiver wise than it is kind of spread out with really elite guys up top. I, I just don't see it that way. 
Uh, Nikhil Harry's tough, man. You can say that every year about some. You can pick mm-hmm. one player and say, hey, look, this guy failed as a first-round pick or whatever. Neil, I thought Nikhil Harry was a fantastic pick. I was worried that he went to the Patriots. I couldn't believe that they got Nikhil Harry. Um, and it just turned out that he ended up not working out. And that's the weird thing about the draft, man. You just, you know, you got everything checked out on a guy, his talent, his makeup, everything's there. And he comes into the NFL, the bright lights blind him, and he sucks. You never know. Dude, the draft <laughs> is such a crapshoot. Statistically speaking, the first round is 50-50. So of pick four and yeah. pick ten, we're, we're likely to have one player hit of those picks. Crazy. That's like terrifying, absolutely terrifying to think of that. So look, I, it is. I like that. I love Nikhil Harry coming out of what was it, Arizona State? I think he was one of the Herm Edwards guys. Sorry, I think he was at least. No, that's cool. Um, guys, make sure you drop a like in the down below because we are picking qualifiers for our T-shirt giveaway at the end of this stream. Uh, let's see, who do we got? Yeah, got, got a few more super chats to get through. But we got Kevin Chada, HMNI, Kadoza, Adam S., Matthias, uh, Simon, He Hate Me, Greg Gagne, Gagne, sorry, Adam S., Lucas K underscore 18, Gohan Angered, Jets Forever. Uh, and we're going to keep picking some qualifiers. So make sure you drop that like down below. It means a whole heck of a lot. Uh, Michael DeBoy, brother, thank you so much for the super chat. Uh, he says, thoughts on this Thibodeau at four, Garrett Wilson at 10, Brisker at 35, Pickens at 38, Myjai Sanders at 69, Greg Dulich at 111, Troy Anderson 118, Mm. linebacker, then Pierce Strong running back, Cade Mays, offensive guard in the fifth. Yes, I'll sign up for this all day. I like Thibodeau, yeah, I like the talent. I love Garrett Wilson. I think he's Odell Beckham Jr., who I think is an elite wide receiver in this league. Brisker, I don't think he makes it out of the first round. I really don't. I think he's going to wind up going, like, inside the top 25. I think he's really good. I think teams are going to try and uh, target him for sure. He had a really good pro day from what I heard. Pickens, I love at 38. Majai Sanders, if he's there at 69, no problem there. And I yeah. know Green Bean likes Greg Dulich. As well, so yeah, I'm I'm signing yeah. up for this mock all damn day. Yeah, it's a good draft all the way down to uh, Cade Mays, man. I mean, this is a this is a good one. The only thing I would say, I would prefer not to get my Jai Sanders. There's a few other guys in that tier that I would prefer. You know, maybe I like Nick Benito. I've been digging in on him. I like Cameron Thomas, Kingsley Enigbar a little bit better. Maybe even Sam Williams. Uh, I wouldn't be unhappy with a third round Majai Sanders, but uh, there might be some other guys I take there. But I'm telling you, this I would sign up for this every day of the week. Uh, boys and girls, make sure you hit that like button. We're going to pick our t shirt qualifier in just a little bit. Green Bean, I'm going to have you go over to our stream from last week. We're going to pick five people from last week's stream who wound up commenting in the comment section down below. Uh, Thomas Cahill drops in the super chat says, guys, can we find just one world changer? Uh, I, I hope so. What? I really hope so. I just want to What's see that? someone. Thomas Cahill says, can we find just one world changer? Ah, uh, just one. I, need a, I right. just want one game changer. 
game <laughs> right. That's all I need. Uh, all right, guys. So let me take a look real quick. Let's let, let's see who we got in the comment section. Right now, I got Kevin Chada, HMI Cadoza, Adam S, Matthias Simon, He Hate Me, Greg Gagne, Adam S, Lucas K, Gohan Anger, Jets Forever, Ryan Remington, Eminon. Uh, we got Mike Saunders. Mike Saunders. Let's keep ripping some mm. uh, Nightbot comments. If you guys are going to hang out with us for the draft, all you have to do is be in the chat to be qualified for tickets, for jerseys. We're giving away a whole bunch of stuff. We got some great guys lined up. We got Richie from Jets Media, Ali from Loyal NY Jet Fans, Jake Asman, uh, NYJ Today. We got Sack Exchange, Joe Blewett, yeah. Bobby Sabo. We got Luke Grant. We got boy green we got a whole bunch of people dropping in for the be uh, awesome. for the nfl draft oh it's gonna it's gonna be legit i, I can't wait for it you know um, yeah it's gonna be so killer man it's gonna be the best i hope you guys can come with us because well i'm even giving a giveaway an old pair of shoes that i have you know it's gonna be good this is new to me i did not know that yeah i've been waiting to surprise you <laughs> <laughs> I love it. This is the kind of stuff that we like have that's off the cuff here on the Talking Jets panel. This is like, no joke, each year that we do this live stream for the NFL draft, it's an entirely new experience because the quality gets better, the interaction yeah. gets better, the amount of people in the chat explodes. Like by the time you wind up seeing like, okay, there's been this trade, there's been this this thing, the chat skyrockets because it's probably oh, yeah. a minute Bef uh, it's a minute ahead of us because of the YouTube live delay that we have. Plus, from where we're saying things, there's probably about a 10 or 15 second delay from that. So there's there's this whole thing. You can watch the draft and see everything that's going on and then come back to us and see like, oh, man, what are these guys saying? A lot of fun. A lot of fun for sure. Um, all right. Let's see. Marty Thomas drops in with a super chat. Thank you, Aussie Jet. Hope you're looking at this upside down uh, so you can read it correctly. He says, Aussie Jet says, Dark Horse offensive tackle Darian Kennard. K-Y. Uh, like the jelly or like Kentucky? What are you What are you trying to get at here? Sorry. I am, had a few too many beers and I wound up rambling about stuff that makes no damn sense to anyone except myself. <laughs> Hey, that's uh, all that's important. <laughs> uh, right? I, I think so. All right, let me see. Where's the big board? All right, who are we looking up? Darian Kennard. Darian Kennard. Let's, let's... I got... All right, Darian Kennard. He's the 62nd ranked player on Pro Football Focus's big board. He's from the University of Kentucky. Kennard is one of the most accomplished run blockers at the tackle position in college football. Even though he may end up at guard... Kennard has earned 89.0-plus run-blocking grades over the past three seasons. This past year, he was the number 7th overall tackle out of 609 graded. Uh, in 2020, he was the 5th graded tackle out of 460 graded. And in 2019, he was the 11th graded tackle out of 443 ranked. So you're talking a dude that has ranked in the top 11 each of the last three years. I did not know anything about this guy, but based on the pro football focus numbers, dude, I would love to have him on our team. Yeah. Love Darian Kennard. Absolutely. 
Absolutely. He's a, I would love it if we, that's the thing. We're going to start taking some, wait a minute. Yeah. We're going to start taking some fourth, fifth round offensive linemen. That's where to get guys that you need to sit for a year, but then they can come in the year after they know the system. That's the pipeline. That's where you want to start getting your offensive line. We've needed to plug holes. So now that we got our offensive line for the most part, now we're going to start taking guys and grooming them. And that's when shit gets good, guys. Darian Kennard would be perfect. I'm still hoping we get Bernard Raymond in the second. See if that happens. Uh, <laughs> Mike <laughs> Saunder, Hawk, and Michael Dubois, you guys have all been qualified for our T-shirt giveaway that we will be doing in just a few seconds here. We're going to burn through our last few Super Chats. Uh, Green Empire Lawn Care which I assume is a business, and you should totally use him because he's got a gigantic, great uh, business. Not a massive dong, like I was going to say. Uh, he says, thank you for the super chat. According to Next Gen, Linderbaum is rated at 99. Uh, I'm assuming 99 out of 100 is, is the, the stat that you're saying. Linderbaum is an elite talent that I think a lot of people are going to be really excited about because of Mawai, because of Mangold. But what scares me about Linderbaum is, you know, taking a top 10 pick and turning it into center. That scares the heck out of me. Mm. What do you say, Greenbean? Well, uh, well, that's the whole thing. I mean, look, everybody was really in love with Linderbaum, and I and I get it. I mean, he's you know, you watch his tape; he's an exciting guy. He's uh, he can pull from the center position and get to the outside and lead on sweeps and all that stuff. He's an exciting player. That all said, we were talking about top ten, and none of us really. I mean, worth special. I'll speak for myself. We weren't. It's not realistic. It's not a realistic pick. He's not a top ten. A uh, player, he's not a top ten center, and center is is not really a top ten position. If that's the only position you need, absolutely. But I don't know. I think ninety nine might be a little low. I think he's probably up, you know, a little bit more than that. But well, I, I think, think he he's. I think ninety nine out of a hundred. I don't. I does he? Do you think he means ninety nine no, overall? I don't think so. Oh, I thought I he meant ninety nine. Yeah, I thought that was low, like uh, ninety nine overall player. That's what I, I thought what he was saying. saying. They mean neck 99, so he's a perfect player. I think that's hey, where maybe. he's going. Yeah, there you go. I mean, he's light. He Now, look, a lot of teams aren't going to like him. He's light. The last guy that we justified uh, a center that was light in the first round is Garrett Bradbury, and he's having difficulty, man. And the whole thing with him is that we, he was technically sound and very, and very uh, athletic and mobile, and he's very fast. And they justified it. Now, he's not a terrible center by any stretch, but he's, he's having difficulty, and he's not exactly considered a good first-round pick. But there was justification made because of all the other variables, the athleticism. Uh, that might be where Linderbaum can be categorized. Not the same player, of course, but that's where the concern is. Again, even if he's a 99 out of 100, taking him with a top-10 pick, especially when we already have a center, uh, is it's just not realistic. It's it's not a it's not a good move. Yeah, that's exactly where I'm at as well. Uh, top provolone, aka the Swiss cheese mother trucker. Um, sorry, I totally made that up. 
Uh, Stop cursing. Alone. Ah, he's a cheesy kind of guy. He says, what is an underrated need that you guys think the Jets will address in the second or third rounds? I think it's running back. Running back is the one that I think yep. is totally under thought about. Um, that yeah. could be a pick in the top three. And I, I don't necessarily agree with it, but I, I think it could be one of those needs. Linebacker, I feel like, is squarely in the forefront of people's minds. Um, I don't, I mean, maybe tight end at this point because we went with the two tight ends at free agency, but I think tight end is still where people are kind of thinking at some point in the draft. Greenby, what about you? What do you think about a second or third round pick that might be a sneaky need for the New York Jets? I'm right with you. I think it's running back, man. And the, and here's the thing. Here's the justification. Here's the sneaky backdoor justification for it. Mm-hmm. We already went and got our tight ends. We want to be a, a 12 personnel team predominantly. We also want to have 22 and 21 wrinkles, which means two running backs. We already brought in Nick Bowden. Okay. We have Michael Carter and we brought Tevin Coleman back. In my opinion, Austin Walter, Ty Johnson, and sadly, LaMichael Pirine probably won't be on the team. So we already got that. Our receivers are stronger than the fans think. We got Corey Davis. We got Elijah Moore. We got Braxton Barriers, who I think the Jets staff wants to make a three, not a four. Mm-hmm. So if Barrios is your three and then you have Mims behind him, you can get a, a you know a wide receiver later and, and be fine with them. But think about this. If you want to be a 12, 21, and 22 personnel, what's the hole? The hole is running back. Now, we have Michael Carter. I'm not saying I don't like Michael Carter, but you already took care of a lot of the surrounding needs. You got the line, everything. You The opportunity to grab the best running back in the draft, most likely at 35, that might supersede the idea of getting the eighth or ninth best wide receiver or you know whatever it might be, the fourth linebacker. It might take precedence, man. This offense wants to be able to run the ball. Michael Carter's good. He needs a running mate. That's Isaiah Spiller. <laughs> Dude, I'm, I'm right there with you. I think it's one of those things where it's like people don't really expect the Jets to go that route, but I think it's 100% a route they could 100% percent go uh let's see we got michael dubois dropping in with super chat says green bean i watched your chat with let's talk jets the other day you have any openings on your writing staff Ooh, do you have any openings yeah well michael go ahead um go ahead and email me bean at jet bean at greenbeanjetsfan.com go ahead uh write to me talk to me about what you'd want to write maybe a sample um, I have somebody else I'm working with, too, right now. We got Y2K and Dom C already providing slam dunk content on GreenBeanJetsFan.com, and I'm looking for other guys. So, yeah, man, let me know. You know what's really cool? We have so we have seven dislikes. I can see every person that dislikes on this stream, and it's it's pretty comical. Uh, Who so are they? I'm Let's out them. I'm going to keep that hush-hush. I'm not going to say it, but it's it's interesting. The, the people that wind up disliking are, are very interesting there. Uh, but I, can I can't it. wait to find out. Oh, I'll tell you after the stream. Yeah, uh, yeah, Marty I can't wait. Marty drops in with a super chat, says, Trey McBride, tight end from Colorado State, my Aussie Jet dark horse. I love Trey McBride. There's no way he's going to be a New York Jet. I think he goes number 31 to the Cincinnati Bengals after losing C.J. Uzma. Uh, and I don't think the Jets are looking at tight end in the second round. Greenbean, what are your thoughts? 
I think, number one, I think that we're going to take seven players in the second round because I love them so much. We need seven second round picks, um, like Ed was saying earlier. But uh, imagine this. I think they love Trey McBride, and I think I love Trey McBride. But I think the fact that we went out and, and signed two legitimate NFL tight ends is probably going to take the top tight end in the class out of our out of our reach, most likely. But what if, what if they blow everybody's doors off and take Brees Hall and Trey McBride in the second? You want to talk about committing to the plan? Wow! Wow! You want to talk about committing to the plan, huh? Yeah. Now dude. it's like, no, we're we're gonna roll people this year. You know what I mean? Could you imagine they're like, hey, we're going. Running back, tight end in the second. We're going wide receiver at 10, and we're going offensive line. Like, they just blow all of us out of the water. They're like, we're <laughs> totally loading up on offense. Screw the defense. We'll lose That's as many right. games as possible. Like, we need Zach Wilson to be the guy. I don't we see need it him. happening. I don't see it. Be, oh, dude, I don't see it happening. But, man, that I would think be it's, it's possible. Incredible. It is possible. Like, if Trey McBride is just, look, they worked with him for a week. He had a perfect combine. He had a perfect senior bowl week. They loved him. They used him. They 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 used him. He ended up scoring a touchdown. He had a couple receptions. They love him, okay? If they decide, you know what? We're going to go with th two and three tight end sets. We got the receivers for 12 personnel. All you need is Elijah Moore and Corey Davis on the field or Bax Braxton Barrett. That's all you need. For 12 personnel. If you go 22 personnel, all you need is one wide receiver. And they go out there. Think about if they use three tight end sets. You got, you know, Uzoma, you got Conklin, you got Trey McBride with Kenny Yaboa sitting behind these guys. Dude, we can literally change the NFL. Wouldn't it be nice if the Jets we're at the forefront of a new trend as opposed to trying to catch up to everybody. Oh no, the Bella Belichick has, he's running two tight end sets. We got to go and draft a bunch of safety so we can cover them. Oh no, they're making quick wide receivers. We got to get a bunch of smaller nickelbacks so we can cover them, you know? And that's what we're seeing with like the Jalen Waddle, Tyreek Hill thing. It's like, everybody wants to run out and get cornerbacks. That's playing from behind. Let's go in front of them and run three and four tight end sets and just beat the living shit out of everybody in the NFL. Wouldn't that be great? 14 personnel <laughs> right there. That's right. what I like. Yeah. Brandon drops in with a super chat. He says, pick four, Kayvon Thibodeau. Pick 10 to the Steelers for number 20 and 52 plus next year's first round pick. I love it. He says, Brisker at 35, Pickens at 38, McBride at 52. I still don't think McBride makes it that far. Uh, Tyler Algier at 117, Keelan Desich 146, Noah Ellis 130, uh, 163, Bo Melton. Man, I would love Kellen Deitch. Yeah, yeah. Look, I like I like this draft a lot. If you could trade down from 10, get 20, 52, and next year's first, sign me up all damn day. So we take Brisker and Pickens after taking Thibodeau with the trade back. We got 52, which is McBride. Then Tyler Algier, who I don't love, but if the Jets do, I'm fine yeah. with it. Yep. Uh, Kellen Deitch, I like a whole bunch. Noah Ellis, I'm not familiar with. I got to take a look at him. And Bo Melton, the Rutgers boy. I'd rather yeah. go Kyle Phillips there. But yeah, I would, I would sign up for this. Sure. 
Logan drops <laughs> into the super chat. Logan says, I'm hearing we could land Saquon. Any thoughts? I don't think that's realistic. I really don't. Like, I know there were rumors of, like, Saquon being traded and uh, Bradbury being traded. And I made a video about it and a bunch of people were like, oh, man, we got to do this. And I'm like, it's not where I want to go. Like, I really like Saquon. I don't want to trade a pick for him or at least a pick that I think would make it worth the Giants' while to trade him um, because I'm not giving up a top two-round pick for Saquon Barkley, unfortunately. Um, what would you give up, Greenbean? Is it is there a pick you would give up for Saquon? I would say a third-round pick would be where I would pull the trigger on Saquon. I don't mm. think I would do it before then. Uh, fourth, man fourth i mean i listen he's about as talented of a running back as as there is in the nfl but he's got two season-ending injuries um and he's gonna want he's coming up for a contract so if he has a great year you know what you're up against so if he has a bad year then you've wasted the pick if he has a great year you're gonna have to pay a a friggin' running back you know 15 million dollars or whatever it is so i don't know it seems like a bad situation i'm not giving up much sad to say Brandon Frey wants to add on to his super chat from before. So he said Thibodeau at number four, trade down with the Steelers to number 20. He forgot to tell us what the 20 pick would be. He says, I would take Linderbaum at 20. I don't think Linderbaum makes it past, past the, uh, the Ravens at 12 or four. I think they're 14. Um, I would be surprised if he fell to 20, by all means, pull the trigger, trade McGovern to like the chargers for a fourth round pick. That's where I would go if uh, if you were going this sort of situation. I would look at N'Kobe Dean as well. I think there's a few guys you could possibly look at here. Uh, Logan. Logan drops in with a super chat. Thank you, brother. He says, opinions on Muhammad Wilkerson and, Calv- and Calvin Pryor. Okay, so let me give you my thoughts. Muhammad Wilkerson, I thought, was going to be a stud. At least, like, a consistently good player. And I'm a little shocked that he kind of gave up the way he did. Calvin Pryor, dude, I was all about. I I thought wide receiver should have been the pick, but Calvin Pryor, the Louisville slugger, like the nickname had me all sorts of hyped up. Mm. And I was like, I just want to smack people around. But when you're looking at like Mike Evans, Odell Beckham Jr., Dalvin Cook, or not Dalvin Cook, Brandon Cooks. Brandon uh, Cooks. Oh, dude. Yeah, it goes on and on. I think think Jarvis Landry was in that class. Like, dude, that was an elite wide receiver class in 2004. 14 i think is what it was um yeah wait yeah, no, yeah we, 2000 we, i'm gonna we, look we i'm gonna go over it again yeah we all right here's here's how here's how it went you ready yep let's go buffalo bills traded up two first to get sammy watkins first okay oh man then, i forgot he was that? part of that class wow <laughs> i thought mike evans they couldn't was the first wait one. yeah they couldn't right. wait so then Mike Evans went, then yep. Odell Beckham Jr. went, then Marquise Lee went. Okay. Really? So Where then we had Mark What was his number? 14, 15? Uh, I don't remember. That... Like he was right before us. So we were, uh, we were like, were like 16, where, I think we're 16. Yeah. Somewhere in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Interesting. I wouldn't have thought Marquise um, that high. Oh, maybe he okay. was. Hold on. I might not be. All right. I. Let me see. Hold hold on a second here. I'm gonna I'm gonna redo this. Hold on. I think I got the ratings. Let me see. But I do remember. Um, let me just see this. Yeah, I remember Brandon NFL. Cooks going just bef- uh just after us. 
Yeah, because okay, so we that's this. the guy so, we should so have Sammy, taken. I thought we Sammy were gonna Watkins, all right. Sammy Watkins so here's four. here's how it went. Mike yeah, Evans, so at seven. four. Hold on, I got it. Hold on. Ah, fine. Uh, buff, why are you jumping <laughs> over me, man? You know I'm, I'm working sorry, on it. I got, I got excited. So okay, the Buffalo Bills did that trade for Sammy Watkins, right? Then we got Mike Evans at seven. Yep. Then it was Beckham at twelve. Yep. Then it was Brandon Cooks at 20. at twenty. The Jets picked eighteenth, yep. right? Yep. So then we had uh, Kelvin Benjamin. Okay. Then we had Marquise Lee. He was later Jordan Matthews, who was the guy I wanted in the second. From the um, Eagles. Yep. Then we have Paul Richardson. Uh, then we have Devonte Adams in the second. Oh, then Allen. Then Allen Robinson in the second. Then Jarvis Landry wow. in the second. Um, you could argue the second round better than the first round. I mean, I, see I love that? Evans, I love Odell, and I like Brandon Cooks, but you could argue the second round value-wise is better than those first round receivers. Absolutely. So then you had Josh Huff, uh, Dante Montcrief, who who had a few, a couple sure. of good years there early yeah. on. Then we had John Brown. Okay. Uh, let's see. Well, I'll just do the, all right. So then we had Jalen Saunders was our big wide receiver pick oh, at kick in the dick. pick 104. And then we got Quincy and Elmo later, but to oh. answer this question, Ryan, it's really funny because I wanted Brandon cook so bad in that draft. I couldn't, I was like, yes, we're going to get him. And we took Calvin Pryor and trying desperately to justify this new general manager that we had right this is after tannenbaum's gone yep, i had to make sense draft. of it i i said to myself picks? is that right 13 picks in that draft 12 the idzik 12 yeah yes yeah so yes. uh still though right so and that oh. was because he cleaned up uh tannenbaum's mess and got four comp picks that year that's what ended up happening so my justification was they know what they're doing they know that this is the deepest wide receiver class in NFL history. No need to reach for a first round. Take the best safety in the class and then get your wide receiver in the second. And obviously we know that they didn't do that. So, I mean, and we know that the draft was just a complete shit show. But every pick that they made, Jason Morrow, I, I did like. I have to admit, I so did, did like I. Jason Morrow. Yep. Um, but we took him... We took Jason Morrow four picks before Devontae Adams, Allen Robinson, and then Jarvis Landry. But four picks before Devontae Adams. Devontae Adams just came, made $28.3 million. And um, Jason Morrow has been out of the league since year three. I mean, I think he had three years in the NFL. But I did like Jason Morrow, but I wanted Jordan Matthews, but he was taken. But think about it, man. Every single pick that they did, I watched that whole draft. I was on Jet Nation in the chat. We used to chat on Jet Nation live. Every pick, it got worse and worse and worse. I said, they don't know what they're doing. Like, I just, I knew it. Like, at first, I'm like, okay, they're, they're, this is going to be brilliant. Every pick, it got worse and worse and worse. Then we're taking Shaq Evans, and I'm like, oh, my God, dude, what are we doing? Like, these guys don't know what the hell they're doing. And it we was didn't have a legitimate abundantly scouting clear. department. That's, that was a huge part of this whole thing. Hundred percent. Yeah. Rex, Steve. right? Jeffrey R. Jeffrey R.'s got it. That was Rex Ryan's uh, draft. Think about is it. Is that the John that Connor was, draft? No, John Connor was earlier. That was like 2010. no. That was Tanny. Yeah, but think about this. Rex Ryan just figure out a way to to make Tannenbaum fall on the knife for him. Okay. Mm -hmm. 
He figured it out. He worked it around. They should have both been fired or both been retained, right? So Mike Mike Tannenbaum gets fired. Rex is going into his fifth year. We get a general manager that's an accountant and shouldn't even be a general manager. And you think he's coming in and he's Rex's boss? Hell no. No way. Hell Rex no. Knew exactly what he was. Or, well, Rex, Rex thought he knew what he was doing. Just unfortunately was not a great talent evaluator. Uh, no, very bad. Prisco, Steven, thank you so much for joining the Jets Talk 24-7 family. Members, drop a J-E-T-S in the chat for our newest member. Means a whole heck of a lot uh, for sure. The next boy up, uh, we got Marty Thompson with the super chat. says, Aussie Jet running back, dark horse, Kenneth Walker the third from Michigan State. Uh, he would have to be a second-round pick for sure. What are your thoughts on the running back position in the second round, Green Bean? Uh, well, I think, uh, Kenneth, I don't think there's going to be a first-round running back in this class. There may be one at the end. I got to really look Tampa's at the last five or six. Tampa's the, the position I think Tampa. might be running back. Right. They're letting Leonard Fournette go. So yep. I think like the last five picks, six picks of the draft, you can, you might see one. But it's very it's very possible that there are no first-round running backs. And that's what I'm saying. You could theoretically get the best running back in this class. Let's say you go edge and you go wide receiver or edge and whatever. You can go wide receiver at 35 and running back at 38 and get the best running back in the class, or at least the best running back on your board. Like last year, they had Elijah Moore as the 16th overall player. He was the top wide receiver on their board, and they got him at 33. So, you know what I mean? Like, it's same thing with Michael Carter. They had Michael Carter as a late second, third-round pick. They couldn't believe he was still sitting there in the fourth. So they got one of their top players way back there in the fourth. So at pick 35, it's not unrealistic to think that you can get the best running back or at least the best running back on their board for the team. If it's Kenneth Walker, fantastic, man. Yeah. Yeah, dude, I'm right there with you. Uh, Knifey Spoonie. I've never heard of a name <laughs> like that, but I love the Simpsons logo. It almost reminds me of like a Futurama-esque uh, kind of name or a, I guess yeah. a Simpson-y kind of name. It's like a Simpson hit and run kind of thing. Did you? Ever, uh, are you a big video game person, Green Bean? Like, did you ever play Simpsons hit and run? No, no, I'm not a big uh, Vinny. Dude. I was uh, I was a big Battlefront, Star Wars Battlefront, but very I don't oh, really play a, much video games. That's a great game. But dude, Simpsons yeah. Hit and Run was like Grand Theft Auto Simpsons style, and this is like Knifey Spoonie reminds me of like a character in that. He says if we draft sauce, any chance we trade uh Bryce Hall for picks or maybe include him in a package to trade back up into the first round, Jets seem higher on Eccles. Um, there's a little mm, bit of uh, silly. Smoke. And then one injury and we're done. Are we done though? Because it, yes. I like Gidry and I like Michael Carter mm. in the slot. If you had sauce and you had DJ Reed and you had Eccles as your, your three and you had the two corn, the two slot guys. I, I mean, I guess I could see it. Look, I don't think Hall's getting traded by any means, but in this type Ryan. of situation, I do think Eccles might wind up being the, the better, corner of the two it wouldn't shock me would it shock you green bean if if 
it, Eccles was it wouldn't shock me and I think that they like Eccles but Eccles had the rougher season without question but he did come down with two picks and that's what a lot of fans see here's the thing now if you took sauce Gardner then yes it makes some room to do some moves and stuff like that but isn't it interesting this is what I find interesting Ryan Jets fans have been complaining for three four five ten years that the Jets don't know how to keep their own players now we have a guy. He was a fifth-round pick. He started all 17 games for us, learning a brand new system. He is statistically he had a very he had a very good season. Now he didn't come down with picks, all, but he played well. Okay, he had a lot of passes defense. I think it was 10. Like he did well. Wouldn't you want us like what happened to us wanting to keep homegrown guys? Why do we want to jettison a guy year three? And start all over with a new pick, a new guy learning the system and all that shit. Like it doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't fit to me. Now, granted, do you think sauce is an upgrade? Yeah, sure. That could be, you know what I mean? I get it. But again, we don't need to upgrade Bryce Hall. We don't like having Eccles and Hall and Michael Carter the second, who I think is a fantastic slot. Gidry, I like as a backup nickel but i don't really like him they were playing him on the outside and shit i don't i don't want to see that anymore dj reed bryce hall or Eccles, you know coming in and then michael carter in the slot if somebody goes down you have isaiah dunn you have you have um javelin gidry coming in but i don't know why everybody wants to move bryce hall so fast like he's the only guy on the whole team who played all 17 games for us and he played well it's crazy town what's wrong with us Steven drops it with super <laughs> chat says Thibodeau at four trade number 10 to new Orleans for number eight 49 and a next year's third says Linderbaum at 18 Dotson at 35 Brisker at 38 Muma at 49 Winfrey at 69. Uh, I think there's a real shot Dotson goes in the first round. I think he's really good from everything that I've heard. He is absolutely a top wide receiver in this class. He had a great pro day. <laughs> Uh, Brisker, I like a lot too. I love Muma. I like Winfrey. So I, I don't hate this situation by any means. Um, I just question why teams would want to trade up to number 10. Like, I don't think Washington is right. a threat to take a quarterback after trading two seconds for a quarterback, uh, in Carson Wentz. What are your thoughts on trading down from number 10? You think it's realistic? Uh, yeah, I do think it's realistic uh, for like the one with the Steelers. Like if if uh, Malik Willis makes it to 10, I can see a legitimate trade down scenario. Trading down to New Orleans at 18, right? Like who do they want to come get? Who is it? You know, like they just blew up the whole thing. They lost Sean Payton. Obviously, they lost Drew Brees the year before. Um, who is it? Like who's the one piece? that they want to trade 49 in next year's third to jump up eight spots to get. I, I don't know. Now, would I do it? That seems a little bit light for me to jump down eight spots. I think I would need, you know, 49 in next year's second at, at worst. Um, mm. I'd have to look at it all, but it just feels light. I think trading back from 10 is very possible, but then again, it has to, you have to look and see what do they want? Like, so Steven, who do they want? so badly that they're going to jump up. That's what that's what I have difficulty with for this. Yeah, one. I kind of agree with you there. I'm looking at the chat and I see uh Jeffrey R says, "You know, Jude Jets called it on Brandon Eccles. I love me some Jude Jets. If you guys haven't watched Jude Jets channel, the Hell yeah. stuff, he's really good. I'll, I'll I'll go back and forth to Jude on Twitter and, and Instagram and stuff. 
and say, hey, what do you think about this? He knows his stuff. He's a younger I'm gonna, dude, but like I'm gonna put his, his link in the in the uh I'm gonna put the link to his show in the in the chat for everybody. You should. You absolutely should. I, I like yeah. dude a lot. Dude, and it's cool because like we've watched him from like it's funny because he looked super young when he first started his channel and he's like oh, yeah. a lot in like it's been like a year or two. Like whatever it is, it's impressive. But he knows his stuff. That's what's that's what's interesting. We gotta have yep. Jude on the show. We gotta have Jude on the show. Totally, man. I had him on uh, the Thursday thick of it a few weeks back. He slammed it home. He told me uh, he ended up getting like, I don't know, 30 subs. Like oh, a lot of people that go, they're like, dude, I didn't know this dude. kid was like legit. Like, yeah, he's dude. legit. Dude, <laughs> I'm telling you, Jude knows his stuff. I, I like he legitimately, I, I'll sit there and I'll listen to him and be like, he's not a dummy. He's not a dummy. This, this kid's smart. He absolutely is a smart dude. I love it. I love seeing people like that. Uh, Marty Thompson drops in with a super chat says my wide receiver, Jalen Tolbert, uh, safety, safety, Alabama is my best friend. Hammer pick, pick it. I don't get it. Is this some Australian humor that I don't understand? Green bean. It doesn't make sense to me. No comprehension. Wide receiver Jalen Tolbert from Alabama is my best Value? What? Yeah. What Hold is on. he saying? Let, 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 here, here we go. Here yeah. We go. No, Jalen Tolbert's good. He's six. He's a big one. He's six foot three. So. Yeah, six. You know, three. I mean, yeah. He's saying best value. Hey, that's the thing. Like, look, South what Alabama. Did Joe... That's what it is. South Alabama. Oh, South, there like, it is. There's an S there. There's an S. That's there. what threw me off. I was like, <laughs> who the hell is he? I was like, I don't know what we're talking about. Okay, best value. So yeah, so think about it, but he might be. He might be. I mean, that's the thing. Look, you look at the back end of Joe Douglas's dream, even the front end. Nobody thought, I'm telling you right now, yeah. you and I, we are enmeshed in Jets prediction culture. I didn't hear one friggin' person say Joe Douglas was going to take Elijah Moore, Michael nope. Carter, Jason nope. Pinnock, you know, Jamie yeah, and Sherwood. So who knows? That could be mind. Joe Douglas's wide receiver. One could be Jalen Tolbert. We but don't know. We, we have a sample size now, right? Like we could kind of see like, okay, which types of players are they going for? Like, is it certain schools? Is it certain skill levels? Is it certain? Um, I don't know. There's a lot of different things that they could go. Uh, so I'm looking at the draft network. They say they gave uh, Kenneth Sanchez gave him a 75 out of 100. It's a third round grade is what they're saying. Does that sound right? I mean, Say I don't that know again? his names. They're saying, so on the draft network, they're saying a 75 out of 100, it's a third round grade from Keith Sanchez. I guess the guy yeah. wrote up the scouting report on him. Yeah, third round, right? Third, I mean, yeah, third, okay. fourth. You know what I mean? That kind of receiver, stuff. Sure. Scheme versatile traits is what they're saying. Okay. Dude, six foot three, that's yeah. a big dude. Yeah. Jalen Tolbert. Thing is, he played at South Alabama. So, yeah. you know. Understood. Uh, Craig drops in the super chat says, would you trade 10 for Claypool and the 20? Um, I'd want more than that. I, I really would. Cause I, I don't think Claypool is enough to consider him. Well, let's see what, what is the difference? Between... <coughs> no. Well, that's what I'm saying. So, not so enough for the... me. No. Well, so, okay. Hold on. Trade value chart. I want to see what the difference perceived value is from 20 to 10. 
because that's where they'd be coming up. So 850 to jump up to 1300, you're talking uh, 450 points. 450 points is equivalent to a mid-second. It's the 45th overall pick. So you're saying that Chase Claypool ah. is equivalent to the pick that you got him at, basically. Yeah, okay. And he might have raised his value, actually, because he performed I, I, in the I, NFL. He did. He had a great rookie season. He had a questionable yeah. second-year campaign, but I think that's fine. I don't. It's nothing that would scare me away from him. I would want more if they're coming up for a quarterback. That's what I would say. I like I like this is I think mid second round is what Claypool's value is. But I wouldn't want more than yeah. that's that's where Yeah. I'm I would need more, right? I yeah, think I, I would need a little more. Throw on a fourth. Absolutely. Yeah, just, just <laughs> make second. it a little sweeter. That's just it. Like it's almost like this thought of trading down. Like like we, we were talking about with the Giants. If the Giants came to the Jets and they said, Hey, or the Jets went to the Giants and they're like, yo, Carolina's offering us you know, a second round pick to go back two slots. You give us, you know, a third round pick. We'll drop back one or a fourth round pick. Like, like there's a yeah. value in them getting their top guy and like knowing we're getting our guy. Like, is it a fifth round pick? Like, like whatever it is, it might, it could be worth a seventh. Like it could be worth that, you know, little yo, Jake Asman. What's up, brother? He's here. There he Fire is. Him. Look at him. Let's He's right Jake's over there. Out. Jake's coming on the draft stream. He's coming on day two or three. Love it, Nice. Brother. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be awesome. Check Jake out. Jake's a dude. Let's ask Jake. Jake, yes, if you – see, because here's the thing. When you got a team trying to trade up for a quarterback, you're supposed to make you it a premium. a premium. They're the ones yes. that want to come up, so you squeeze them. Yes. Jake, would you trade back from 10 to 20 with the Steelers for – Claypool. Claypool. Like, if all they gave you was Claypool in 20, is that enough to get you up to 10? What do you think, I'm Jake? Gonna, I think he says no. I think that's what he's going to say. Okay. That's what we're saying. <laughs> I, I think that's it. Come on, Jake. Hopefully he didn't just bounce. <laughs> he's just like, yeah, no, I'm out. Yeah, that happens. That's all right. Dude, Jake's... Nah, he's going to... Come on, dude. My beard's doing something weird. It's been bothering me all night. I don't know what the hell it's doing. It's like Your popping up. Beautiful. You, if I could grow a beard. Oh, oh, hold on. I'm with Ryan. Claypool isn't is. good enough for me to move back 10 full spots. Spot on analysis, guys. Bam! Told there you go, Jake. Told you. Told you. <laughs> Jake knows his shit. He knows his shit. Uh, Green Lawn Care. Thank you for the super chat. Uh, he says, hey, Ryan, can you send me a new Jets jersey? You got to come to the draft stream. We'll give away some jerseys. We'll give away a jersey each day of the draft stream. Each day. Yeah, um, I'll give a shirt away, too. I'm going to give uh, shoes. I got my old sneakers, ooh, too. Ooh, they ooh. Are. You, you know what? Them? We'll have Nightbot. We'll, I bet I could set a timer, and Nightbot will just pick Here they are. You, you're going to get a, a green bean shoe. <laughs> That's I right. Have a, One. I have, my, I have a sock that has a hole in it. You'll get that, too. I love Skechers. it. Skechers. <laughs> Uh, Nob Craft, <laughs> thank you so much, dude. He upgraded his membership. He's up to the first class tier. Thank you, brother. Nice. Means a lot. Uh, Richard Delgado says, I say Jets should draft Sauce at four and draft a coordinator at 10 and Banana Land in the second round. Yo, Green Bean, I had some guys on my stream yesterday that were calling in. They're like, yo, the Jets should trade for a coordinator. I was like, yo, boom, chicken. 
boom, flying across the screen. I was like, not having it. They were saying to dra- uh, uh, like to trade for a coordinator? Draft a like the Georgia coordinator. Like offensive and defensive. Oh, yeah. Like, bam. <laughs> People like, are that's silly. That's who we want. I was like, all right, I see what's going on. Jerk. Yeah. People are nuts, man. What's wrong uh, with you guys? Uh, it's all good. Thomas Cahill drops in with Super Chat. He says, I think we double dip and take Karloftis and Boye. That would be interesting. I like Karloftis a lot. If you go, I wouldn't go Karloftis at four, I don't think. I mean, because I think we're going to have our pick of like the, at least the second edge through, you know, the top five. Like, I think you're going to have four guys that you like. So I don't know if I would take Karloftis there, but um i would take him at 10 and then boye would you have to get him in the second probably like 38 i in my opinion you're gonna have to take boye mafe in the second and then maybe we're wrong but i think uh he's too strong of a player man think about the senior bowl that was his first time ever playing in a three-point stance and look what he did you know what i mean i would yeah dude it would be awesome. This is he's one of the more popular players I have people asking. Yeah, he is. Sure. Right. I'm with you, Ryan. He is. Sorry to cut. I didn't mean to jump on you there. Oh, no, dude. It's all good. Um, all right. Man, I am exhausted. All right. We got to give away yeah. a t-shirt. We went a little bit longer than Oh, yeah, did. shit. I got to go back and see. Hold on. I got to find the guys. <laughs> it's all right. I had right, I we went and got people. Jude's link. All right. Here we go. You ready for me? Oh, yeah. Let's go. All right, let's go with Scott Wilson. Okay. Uh, taps any button. I'm going to scroll down to the bottom and get some... Bo- oh, look, here we go. All right. Okay. We got Iowan Jets fan. Let me see if there's anybody I see in the chat tonight. Mm, yeah. It doesn't look like it. Totally different group. All right, let's go with Jacob Finnegan. Okay. Uh, older than dirt Jets fan, aka Walt. Older than dirt Jets fan, yeah. Dirt Jets, that's a long name. Jets fan, Walt. And let's do across the pond. Ooh, that's a good one. Yeah, I imagine he's from across the pond. He's over there in Europe, in England, maybe. So we had who won it? Was it? Uh, Braden Bethwaite wound up winning uh, a T-shirt like uh, like a month ago. New Zealand. We got it there. Yeah, see that? Hell yeah. All right. Odds are even. Three, two, one. We're going odds. I wrote a lot of names tonight. You did? I got a whole lot of names. I'm hitting my microphone. All right. Three, two, one. What is that? Seven, eight, nine odds. We have three names left. So, chat, first number to pop up 
three, two, one. Ah, that's a nine and a six. It's a 15. What's the first number? 15 one. plus what? Oh, I don't know. It's a two. two. 15 plus two. 15 plus two is 17. 17. That's an odd number. Matthias and Pack, you're gone. It's Eminon. Eminon uh, winds up winning a shirt. Eminon! There Emin he is. Eminon. Right there. Eminon wins a shirt. Reach out. Eminon wins a shirt. Shoot me an email. Shoot me a, a DM. I'll get you your information. You get a shirt. Guys, it's been a lot of fun. Thank you so much for hanging out with us tonight. Green Bean, anything you got to say for the panel tonight? Uh, yeah, good stream, everybody. I'm happy to be here with you guys. Uh, we have the Thursday thick of it this week. We have Tyson Roush from Let's Talk Jets Radio on with us this Thursday. It's going to be awesome. I hope you guys can uh, come hang. Hell yeah. Boys and girls, it's been a lot of fun hanging out with you. Hit that like button on the way out. We'll see you next week. J-E-T-S!